on the Spencer's the Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd over Happy New Year, fanboy! It's my fanboy Planet Podcast. And here's your host, a man who likes to walk around in a diaper and say Happy New Year, Derek McCall! so much. I, I can't argue with that. Uh, so, yeah, actually, we were just saying this would be the uh, last podcast of the decade, but it really is going to go live as the first podcast of, this, of the I mean, new decade. Isn't the decade over in 2011? Didn't we go through no. this 10 years ago? No, I don't two, think so. 2000 I don't recall that. 2001. No, because ten. it's 2000 to 10. 10. You got 2001 10, to 10. 1 to 10. 2000 counted as that one year. Did it? 1, 2, 2000 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I'm there. It's I 10. think we're going to get letters. No. We're going to get letters. It doesn't matter. We haven't been podcasting for a decade. It just feels that way sometimes. It's, yeah. uh, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting actually on Thursday, December 30th. Very quiet store. 2010. Yeah. So nice. I'm loving Thursday this. afternoon, the sun is shining. That's kind of rare here this week. The water damage is gone. Uh, uh, pretty much, pretty much. And uh, we, we are here uh, at Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. Oh, and can I bust your chops real fast for a second? Why not? Okay. Because um, I couldn't stop you. Oh, I know what he's going to say. What am I going to say? That you didn't tell us where we were last week. Thank you, and he busted my chops for that. Yeah, and I was just trying to let the people know where we were podcasting. You know from what last I'll tell week. you? I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll say it twice now. It's my fault. We're podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, two seven two five El Camino Real Suite one hundred four, Santa Clara, California. There, now they know. Now because we happy? were in take two of last week's. No, That's but I no. even asked him I on know, take I know, two. I know. And he goes, "Of course I did. I always did. You're well, not you know listening. Why? I you never just, pay attention." Because uh, you were doodling was, something. You were drawing penises. On uh, on a piece of paper and playing Angman with with Salazar. I have to keep the mash. people entertained. But anyways, thank you for no. Telling you don't. Them they could pay attention. We, that we who's were keeping at it? Wait, elusive here. comics and games two seven two five. It's gonna put you in the baby. San Mateo, California. Wait, where? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to go there, thespian. Nice I'm entertained. Psych-gag. I'm entertained. What do you do? Oh, there you go. Great radio. Yeah, nice. I'm just giving nice. giving Lon a baby toy. It'll keep yeah, him uh, uh, it'll keep him quiet for a while. Let's see. So, oh, good. Lots of colored blocks, different shapes. That's good for his manual dexterity. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so that's where we're broadcasting from. In case everyone was wondering from last week. And uh, for those wondering who's been busting my chops for the last three minutes, <laughs> tell the people who you are, Lon. I'm Lon the Chops Buster Lopez. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have uh, our, our occasional, guest. our sporadic. I don't want to call him special guest. I not because he's special. not a special guest, but I want people to feel welcome, not like treated differently, like they're always part of the family. And it's just more like our long lost Drop creepy on uncle. That would be. He's like our Buckley. Christopher J. Garcia. Christopher J. Garcia. And uh, of course, uh, manning the dials with his new technology. Tell the people what you got there. That's going to make this. I have a tube tube amplifier in line that's supposed to warm up the sound. So, do we oh, sound yeah. warmer, people? Write in, tell warmer. us. Uh, and who are you? I am Rick Brett Snyder, Father Christmas. So, for all those people listening, that is not in your list of titles, <laughs> Earl. Yeah, early, earlier he claimed he was Earl of the podcast, so he gave My himself name is royalty. Uh, and uh, I. 
What is an earl exactly? It's sort of it, a, it, it's is it a, above or below a marquee? It's above a marquee. It's above a marquee. So wait, when somebody's a duke of earl, they're two different titles? Uh, that was sort of a 60s pop music bastardization. But isn't yeah. a duke like a, just a landowner? Like a, well, it's a royal title if a you're royal a duke. title? Okay. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. nobility. Earl okay. is sort of a lower, I think... Than Duke, or There's, just Earl yes. was the name of the You're town. You're really more of an Earl Duke. of Duke. Earl Duke, Jack, Queen, King, Ace, right? Could be. Where's the Baron fit? I don't know. I don't know. I think they're all Jacks. Well, ba- I don't think there are Barons in the English. I think it's only in the Continental. Gentry I see. I, well, Maybe that's Rick just had a list of things he needed to write and, or you know, to, to correct in his life, and so that's why he said, "My name is Earl." You that's what we thought. Okay. Uh, I, I, we theorized that and said that he's uh, he did something really bad, and that's why he has to produce this podcast. Got you. Yes. Got you. He's oh. making up for it. Yes. Oh, sort you of, poor bastard. Yeah. That's why and, and Chris is like your Randy. Yeah. That's yeah. a little scary. Okay. That, that was, uh, that was he really did good. look a lot like me in Fanboys. It was yeah. kind of scary. Uh, that's because he was <laughs> Harry Knowles, <laughs> which we've already pointed that out. Okay, well, let's What's go. On the show what do we have for the people today? We got lots of, of stuff, and I think and, and and anybody still out there? I'm gonna I'm gonna integrate the fan mail from the fandroids. Oh, we got fan we got fan mail. We fandroid got, mail. We got fanny mail. Fanny mail from fandroids. It's not uncanny, but we've got fanny mail. Good. Uh, and I'm gonna I'll, I'll open with one piece, and then we're gonna gonna integrate throughout because they brought up. Uh, I got actually three emails. Two from Rob Cordaway, who has written many times, and mm-hmm. uh, one from Bill Bosser. He's like a special podcaster. In uh, a he way. just never actually shows up. Mm-hmm. He just gives his. He sparks topics, and uh, but I, I'm not. But uh, so rather than jump around, we'll just kind of let it jump around. Through. Jump around. Uh, so Rob Cordaway writes, of course. Hi, Derek. Just got back from a vacation to Disney World, Florida. I know. And wanted I mean, to give my Disney <laughs> World means Florida. Florida, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the entire state. Is that not just? I Disney think that World? was actually when it's the Indian Orlando. tribes were establishing those territories. Uh, we paid, Disney World. Uh, uh, didn't we buy them from the from the Seminole Indians with a few <laughs> mouse ears, <laughs> like and uh, they, we didn't buy that property? Yeah, the I, Seminoles I, were Italian. I actually believe the Seminoles are not technically a uh, recognized tribe. I think oh. they're the ones that held out because they weren't getting a good deal from the government. Oh, so they're not recognized. That's why, because why bother building a casino when Disney World already exists there? Exactly. Uh, wanted to get my fanboy feedback on the progress I see, or lack thereof in this case, in Disney's adoption of and assimilation with Marvel superheroes. What, the Tron covers on last month's Marvel books was not enough? I think you meant uh, at Disney World. Yes, it has now been many months since Disney's purchase of Marvel assets was announced. It's been actually over a year. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how the time has flown. While the financial transaction has taken place, there seems to have been a little done as far as the use of Marvel properties by Disney. I spent a week at the four primary Disney parks, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. And had I not been looking out for this, I could have very well have missed any hint at or notion of Marvel co- characters assimilating into the Disney universe. The most that I saw was a few Marvel character-related t-shirts at the World of Disney store located downtown Disney, uh, which... Rick was just at Disneyland and said pretty much the same thing there. The only thing that was on Marvel Well, it was takes a long time to well, incorporate uh, properties. But it? perhaps the creative minds of Disney are taking their time mm-hmm, to determine the best way to merge the universes. One can think of how many creative ways that Marvel characters can be brought into Disney properties or how Disney characters can be brought into the Marvel universe. Of course, there are huge retail opportunities that Disney already surely has the right to capitalize on, such as mass selling of comic books and Marvel paraphernalia throughout all the Disney parks. At the very least, you go into that that Main Street USA, you go into the store where the kids are playing checkers, there should be a spinner okay, rack. I'm going to say that there already are Marvel Comics at the Disney stores in the malls. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So that's but, already I mean, happened. Down to Main but, Street USA, Spinner Rack, and okay. the General Store. Whatever, Man, I can't wait to pick up Shadowland at uh, the Disney Store. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. That's going to be cool. For whatever reason, at this point, and Marvel Max. Yeah. It seems like a, a missed opportunity already. And he goes, this is a long, but um, surely Disney already has the legal right to start using the properties. And he'd also visit Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. And, of course, there's the... Universal Studios Islands of Adventure has the Marvel-related shops, has the, the one island is Marvel Island, to which I got to say, this is the reason why. Because there's it's a non-compete clause, it's already yeah. tied up in Universal, there's an entire theme park built around Marvel in Florida, and it's a heck of a lot cheaper for Disney just license it to out, license it out, and, this yeah. is, and, and I'd say this is why, and this is one of those things about, you know, business in the... Ideas modern of intellectual day. properties having modern day business world is just yes. It's why why you don't see as much cart why Cartoon Network doesn't feel obligated to keep Brave and the Bold going because Cartoon Network actually doesn't make as much money for Cartoon Network if they were doing Brave and the Bold if they did if they did to do Ben Ten because Cartoon Network e- even though it is owned by the same company that owns DC makes more money by creating their own properties than licensing a property from Warner Animation. But it's also the... continuing Brave and the Bold? uh, This is pretty much the last season. It's like 68 episodes or something. It's been, you know, and and it's been a company. They'll keep keep reviving the... Only if you're King of the Hill or The Simpsons do you keep going That's Adult Swim, though. That's another... But that's not even Adult Swim. That those are uh, Fox. you know Fox starts sure, and then goes to Adult Swim. But I mean, Adult, Adult Swim, yeah. Swim is like licensing them from Fox or whatever. Right. So yeah. they have yeah. their programming. Oh, yeah. And there's also the theory that Disney has about the purity of the park, uh, particularly for the main park, Disney World and Disneyland, yeah. and that they don't want to introduce. It was a whole big thing when they entered. They bought uh, Capital Cities, and they didn't introduce a lot of the ABC stuff, even though people were pushing them too. It's even yeah, but what's more pure stuff. than the well, Punisher? Well, you know what? I'm going to argue that, and maybe it's you say, you say that it's a California adventure. May have been where the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, millionaire yeah. show was. Yeah. Um, they certainly have India. Uh, I don't think anybody. I don't think it's there anymore. Um, I think it is. Yeah, but they, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show at at California Adventure. I, I didn't notice it. it the last couple times I've been yeah, there. I didn't see. Um, but, uh, you know, they have Indiana Jones, they have Star Wars in there, and they've certainly turned the Tomorrowland Cafe, does this big Star Wars Imperial but wait, disco show. Disney doesn't own Star Wars, though, No. Right? no. But they're licensing But they're licensing it, right. yeah. Right. It's just, it's just we're all, they're all in bed together, and they, like, they all lack their little taste of the good they life. They little exceptions, though. Star Wars is an exception. And even, you, you get the feeling a Roger Rabbit is annexed off to the back of the, the main yeah. park, and oh, you don't see the... The characters don't come out of that area. They There's a reason for that too, and this is yeah. business because anything Disney does with Roger Rabbit, they have to get Steven Spielberg's 100 percent sign off on that. And anything that involves the movie, yeah, it's like he, so. It's easier for Steven just to peruse one area of the park instead. Well, no, of he, he approved. <laughs> he approved the he approved the um, uh, the Toontown. Toontown thing. But even that, that was almost like a punishment from from Eisner towards Spielberg of why they started to push Roger Rabbit and then Spielberg wouldn't approve anything beyond like the three short cartoons they did so that's the kind of the pushback yeah. that Disney made is yes everybody knows Roger Rabbit exists we'll remind you because we can still make money selling the DVDs but we're going to pull back on the licensing we're going to pull back on our on, remember on when it, art was like profile. fun you could just yeah. put everything together no, instead of no, having the lawyers dude, getting like, involved it's like i cannot it, i have a tro- problem you know explaining to my son why you really don't have you can't have hulk and batman in a cartoon together 
You know, to him, you can if you draw it yourself. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. And then the lawyers call. Yeah, and they go, uh, uh, "You need to <laughs> stop you, drawing that picture, son." on YouTube. Well, and it's like some, somebody I was a friend of mine was posting on Facebook about like Jane Eyre fanfic, not Jane Eyre fanfic, Pride and Prejudice fan fiction. Right? How there's all these novels about that. Is but you know, there's something like that's that's okay to do. Uh, to do, the, do to do Jane Austen fanfic, and it gets kind of this this thing of of it's okay. Whereas Star Trek and Harry Potter fanfic is like kept to the dark corners because of the is internet. It the Jane Eyre public domain. Yeah, stuff? which is exactly what Jane yeah. Austen. Exactly what I, what I posted back is it, it's because one's public domain, the other two are tightly controlled by corporations. There's no and you know why you have to blame George Lucas because do I? Well, he was he was the one who kind of set the example of. Licensing properties and characters. The Everybody content. saw how much money yeah. he made. He built true. an empire for that. And yet, no, Lucas no is intended. also one of the few who will let you make fan films. Yes. Now he's loosening up. I think because the of his irony kids. comes full circle. But that's back right. in the day, you couldn't do anything with Star Wars. No, or that's true. Like that. very tight he again. fully he fully authorized uh, no, Hardware now. Wars. He has. Yeah. Oh, well, in uh, the seventy. I mean, that was. Did he authorize? He authorized after it. or before? I want to say before. You may want to, but I don't know if that's true. I don't yeah, know I don't if it's know. right. I if wanna... somebody knows, write in yes. to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I will pass that information on to Chris. I know you're listening, Ernie I will. I will deliver it on a satin. Hello to Chris and go. Yeah. You were wrong. Yeah, because that doesn't. <laughs> I will bring. Cr- I will bring along parody. with me. Yes, it was straight parody. You didn't. Yeah. You don't need authorization Ernie, for that. I I want to say when I saw Ernie talking about it, I want to say that he said he asked. I don't remember. He might have asked before he released it. Yeah, yeah I've talked with him, and I don't remember what he said. So I'm gonna. I will dig out my sound file on that. Yeah. And uh, even parody. I had a is good conversation right with Ernie. Not uh, now, nice guy. but back then in the seventies. Yeah. yeah, it was a. Well, but see, even parody, it didn't need to be fully authorized because it's still fair use. and mm-hmm. Right, but Weird Al always goes to whoever he is. Yeah, but that's Weird just Al a yeah. He doesn't have to, though. You know what? This is very strange, but last night, it's funny you said that, I, I dreamt that Weird Al came on as a guest on this podcast. Wow. That is... Hey, so if you're listening, Al, I was, come on in, Al. I was sort of prophetic in that you mentioned Weird yeah. Al, but no. That's weird. That That is really that odd. That is weird. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, anyway, I think that, as I say, is, you know, Rob's compl- complaint is that Disney and Marvel could do more to integrate. Yeah. And the thing is, Disney had a good business going. Um, here's where the integration has come. And uh, I I guess I, I'll get, actually, I'll get to where that integration is. Well, I, I'll jump to comics. That r- the f- one thing, and even though it's not overt, is we are now going to see cross-gen revived by Marvel. It was announced last week. I mean, they teased it at Comic-Con, and then they firmly said that in March we're going to see two four-issue miniseries reviving Ruse, which Mark Wade is going to write, continuing, though he had left the book when it was is published by Is that the shoes Crosstown. or the shoes with pockets? No. No, I don't know what those are. Those oh, are Ruse. That's R-O-O-S. Oh, okay. Oh, R-U-S-C. Oh, Ruse. Oh, okay, got it. Yes, which is sort of like this... Victorian England planet. Oh, right. You know, right. it's a Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes sort of thing. Got Mark it. Wade and, and Jackson Geis had uh, started it, created it. Uh, Jackson Geis is going to do one, of the, do some Wait, of the covers. Can I stop oh, you nice. for a quick second? Yeah. Is Jackson Geis the same as Butch Geis? Yes, same okay. guy. Changed his name mid-career. Just I, wanted I, to check. Sorry. You Could, probably realize I'm I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Butch isn't an appropriate name. Gotcha. I don't know. Maybe it is appropriate. Go with I shouldn't Butchie. say. Go with Butchie. Uh, so uh, Mark Wade and uh, uh, an art- artist named Merso Pierre Federici. I don't know mm, his you work. You said a mouthful. I did. 
um, with covers by Butch Geis and Mike Perkins that will be coming out in March. And then they're going to revive the title sigil, though it's not going to actually be the s- continuation of the original series sigil, which was kind of a space opera. This is a little more fantasy-based uh, by Mike Carey and Leonard Kirk. Ooh, no, we, I th- we talked about this at lunch, and I think I, I, if I was doing this, exactly why I'd do it. Ruse actually closed off the current storyline. They actually had an end to that book when they finished it up. Mm-hmm. And so, but, so but it wasn't Mark that. Wade's ending. Well, you could still continue it from the standpoint of people who read it before. Right. If you, right. Sigil is just to get Sigil is this, just yes, this is going to be an introduction to the concept yeah. of the Sigil and how it shows up on different characters. And it's sort of. And I'm, I'm going to commend Marvel for this, uh, you know, in the, in the way of feeling like they are just expanding like left and right and just totally throw things down the throat. This is more a, a dip the toes in the water, see if it's worth it. But again, I would say from a licensing perspective, here's the question. CrossGen is actually technically a Disney property. They own it all right, outright. Yeah. Does, the, does the company ledgers for Marvel actually – do as well if they were to just go ahead and commit to an ongoing series or is this also considered do they still have to inside internally mm-hmm. still technically license cross-gen from disney or is that because i don't understand high That's corporation weird. fantasy mm-hmm. uh, uh, fantasies finances <laughs> nice yeah. it's, i don't understand I that do. either <laughs> now, is this is this english mike carry or is this american mike carry I didn't know there are two. There are, there are more than two. You may be two. lying. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and by lying, I mean just talking out of your butt. Yeah, it happens. There is an American Mike Carey. He does more. Mookie Blaylock. Okay. Okay, that Australian was an honest Mike mistake. Well. If he's talking about Mike Carey at Marvel, he's talking about American Mike Carey. Okay, it then should it's go not English saying, Mike Carey. Right. R- really? I thought that was the, the one comics writer. I thought it was one guy. I don't know there's an English Mike Carey. I'm yes, there is. Yes. The guy who wrote Lucifer for yeah. Vertigo and then went over to Marvel and wrote some stuff. That's the same Mike Carey. Okay, then. Yes, okay. the same. Problem it's solved. the English Mike Carey. I have no yes. idea who the- Who wrote for, for Journey Planet for me. So someone that only you know. Just because you know a guy named Mike <laughs> Carey. <laughs> but you're on. not the only Move Chris on. Garcia I know either. But that, uh, hey, that's true. I have two cousins named Chris oh, Garcia. <laughs> if I find out you're related, I'm just going to... Anyway... Um, I just think that the, the overall to wrap up his letter was that he was expecting all this crazy, you know, guys yeah. dressed up like Spider-Man at the thing he could take pictures with. And my answer to that is just go to WonderCon and just go to Comic-Con and do it. Well, but, no but the other thing I would say is is uh, on the West Coast, you know, it's like they tried that. Actually, Universal Studios tried the Marvelization mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I still have. A, it a, wasn't a, the time, though. It wasn't, it wasn't the no, time. I know, but they, yeah, if I, they did it now, it'd be blown up. I had well, they also made some, as I think it might have been Mark Wade who pointed out that uh, at the Marvel Universe restaurant, which I think I have a menu from somewhere still, uh, you know, they made Thor a, a salad. Ooh, there was that was you know no way is Thor a salad. Uh, so there was not a lot of thinking. Well, maybe if he's trying to lean. Down Although the bar though. was great because the bar was loaded down with with villain memorabilia. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> so, well, that was that was. I missed the golden so age. So drinking is bad. Of the uh, the mega themed restaurants uh, like the Nitro Grill, uh, WWE World. Uh, did you ever go to the Star Trek Experience? In I Las did Vegas? go to the Star Trek. Did experience. you go to Quark's Bar? I did. Go did to you Quark's eat at Quark's Bar? <laughs> I did not. That's oh, awesome. I drank. Yeah. The point is that not enough of us go there to keep those places alive, or they'd still be open, like Bubba Gump. Is that still That's around, around, though? Yeah. I mean, because I thought they were going under. No, they're they're, they're yeah. way big. Although I still think that was odd that they that of all the things, well, of anything to license out of Forrest Gump, <laughs> yeah. all shrimp. Uh, 
and it's good. Okay. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, an Oscar-winning theme. It's like, hey, let's go to the Philadelphia restaurant or something. I would, you know? I would, I would eat it. Shunk, Hot cup of HIV. Redemption restaurant. <laughs> oh, a Shawshank steak. Uh, <laughs> let's go eat at Saving Private Ryan's. How about Green Mile tonight? <laughs> Ooh. I feel like Green Mountain Night. I'll stab your baby back, baby back, baby back. I'll stab your baby back, baby back. I would definitely eat it machetes. We'll though. kill you with our food. <laughs> okay, well, because we had the tacos and machetes, that was fantastic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Wouldn't you go to a Mexican place called Machetes? I, I would totally to, would. Machetes should be like a big vacant lot with a truck in the middle. <laughs> if Danny Trejo was your was And your then chef. I wash my hands. Did you see that? No. Oh, I'm a, I am I got to post that. But there is a uh, Lipton brisk iced tea, uh, like three-minute reenactment of the movie. Of Machete with Danny Trejo as a little claymation dude. Oh, that's funny. It's fantastic. Okay. Claymation Danny Trejo. But basically, after he tells every part of the story, he goes, and then I wash my hands. (laughs) So he's like, and then I killed this guy, and then I slept with this woman, and then I wash my hands. And that's coming out on video next week, I think. Yeah, yeah, video on Blu-ray. So I'm hoping, uh, looking forward to finally seeing it, because I missed it in the theaters. Uh, We got an email from Bill Bossert, so I'm just going to start here. Uh, Actually, I may have to jump around. But he just wanted to say, he's digging out from the first blizzard of the season. Got to love the East Coast, Rick. And I was glad to hear Rick mention Space 1999 coming out on Blu-ray. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the first season of that show. It had quite an epic feel to it. They spent a lot of money on the first season, and it shows. It does reflect 2001 quite a bit. During the first season, they did give the impression the albums were being watched and perhaps judged by a superior intelligence. I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Something that Roddenberry did use to launch the next generation. Hmm. And anyway. they also used mm-hmm. it again in uh, Voyager. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, while season one of 1999 was well done, season two not so much. <laughs> they brought in Fred Freiberger, who produced the season three of the original Trek, and cut the budget. Both moves show as the series abandoned the serious nature of the first year for more standard TV adventure of the week approach. Too bad. And yet, I would argue that the people that remember that show fondly and watched it as kids, it's probably season two they really remember. Because we talked about, like, Maya suddenly appears and you got the shape-changing alien. And, and yet the budgets no. were so obviously cut for season two. But yeah. I don't think you noticed that the first time around. Because I, d- I doubt but you watched it the first time. I didn't around. watch. I watched. <laughs> actually, I think I watched. Considering Linda how let me season two before she let me season one. Okay, but yeah, that's your girlfriend in your adult years. Now, when you're aware of those things, I think when you, if you were a ten year old kid watching on Channel Four at seven o'clock on a Saturday night, I was hoping you hoping your dad. I'll give you a good. <laughs> dad didn't you, watch too closely. Good indication of the impact of this magazine, Starlog Magazine, which for the longest oh, time yeah. was the forerunner science fiction magazine, and which by the way was for a very while was edited by our good friend Car D'Angelo. Hey, Woo-hoo. Car, but and Car can back me up on this. Most of the first couple of years of issues at least had one or two articles on Space 1999, if not mm-hmm. featured on the cover, as much as Star Trek. And Star oh, Trek. I remember that. Yeah. 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 So it, it, was, it, was, it was a breath of fresh air coming out of a long, empty period after Star Trek went off the air that we got something back on TV that was similar. Oh, I know. I think a lot Without of... going to, like, UFO and the I British think a lot of shows in the, in the late 70s and early 80s, even after Star Wars, I think a lot of shows got a lot of uh, a lot more fondness to them Yeah, because they were just the only things on. Yes. I mean, it's it's why... I, I, people were watching it because it, it, yeah. it was like well, the only thing you could watch. Well, well, that's exactly it. I remember the, the battles between people who loved Buck Rogers and people who loved... Uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. And produced by the exact same person. Yeah. Um, and I, I say, why can't we just all get along and love them all? Because it's Lorne Green. If you don't love Lorne Green, you don't deserve to live. I, it's Gil Gerard. 
Um, I actually if you don't love Gil Gerard. Say, you don't the, the first Comic Con I went to, I went to Richard Hatch's uh, apartment, no. hotel room. <laughs> No, his presentation his with his trailer for, for mm-hmm. the revival of Battlestar Galactica that he made, which is really great. And it is an odd memory to me that some young guy stood up and said, you know, because I guess Adama, Adama in the in Richard Hatch's pilot, they, they, he took some footage of Lauren Green and kind of made him a hologram, like giving advice. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy was like, the guy couldn't have been more than 22, 23, and was like... The, in tears talking about how much Lauren Green meant to him, and I thought, <laughs> it's still Lauren Green, me. you know, I, I mean, I, it just didn't make sense you to know me. What? We would clean up if at Comic Con we provided like geek counseling, like for these because those, <laughs> those those mic stands at the at oh, the, at I, the, we need to do a panel just on appropriate things to say. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they do offer that. They do have con etiquette every year. Uh, there is they? a panel. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes to those. Right, right. Because nobody thinks they're the ones. They all think... It's all about, remember to bathe. I've never... They also get on the mic, and they just feel like they need to tell everyone about... I'm a screenwriter myself, and uh, I've been working on... uh, First of all, I I think I speak for everyone here when I want to thank you for showing up at at this event. (laughs) Yeah, they always feel like it's their duty. I just want to thank you for showing up today. That's great, but you're the 12th person in the line to say that. uh, Welcome to the Joey Putz show for the next three minutes. (laughs) And I have a funny story about myself I'd like to talk about, and everybody's like, no, no, shut up. Although I can remember in college, I attended a screening of The Breakfast Club and John H- at UCLA and John Hughes spoke, and one guy got up and did that, and John Hughes actually said, meet with me after and I'll, I'll, I'll look at your screenplay. So, I mean, the thing well, is... that's And then everybody goes, oh! But, yeah, yeah, but, that, was, dead. but that was 1984, and I think, yeah. you know, the world yeah. has changed so... Did you play for 1984? I'm a really no. big fan. I was just wondering, can I get a picture with you? And everybody's like, no, no. No, it's my daughter's birthday. That yeah. was the one last year. That was but that's birthday. cute. Yeah. No, and then kids. And then if you, you know, yeah, if it's a little kid, otherwise we wouldn't have had Ryan Reynolds reciting the oath like Green Lantern. She was like 16 or something. That's a you know, what is wrong with you? That's okay. Yeah. Whatever. No, oh, it was my daughter's birthday. So, but the kid, the little kid who asked, oh, they'll just they'll Ryan use Reynolds whatever. To say, to they'll use the, whatever. Even if that was a plant, that was still awe. You know, you got yeah. the awe moment. And I, you okay. know what? I'd benefit was the daughter. I would. Well, can I see your daughter's ID, please? <laughs> I don't believe you. It's and, and I'm sorry, Bill, that we've gone off on this rant. Now you sparked. That's that's why people listen to this, though. They just find us amusing. Um, well, my christeners do. They, just, just move on. <laughs> move on. I'm moving on. Move on. I'm going to go back to a couple Nothing of topics later when we get here. Let's go back to comics. Wait, shall did we, we, fin- did we answer Bill's question, though? Uh, oh, the ni- Space 99. He was just commenting, and I wanted to say. Um, and so uh, I'm going to go back to Rob Cardway because, again, this goes back to comics. Uh, Rob sent me another one. He says, my mom was going through some old stuff of mine and found some old comic books. Back in the late 80s, when I was just a kid, I, uh, just a lad, he used lad, I got into a Maybe Captain America kick. And I decided to buy some of the hundreds issues from the late 60s and her early 70s. After well. digging them up recently, my mom gave them to me for Christmas. So I'm, that's nice. Mom, mom regifted. <laughs> Rob, Comic your mom pot. is just like mine. <laughs> shall I, shall I spread, this is my favorite. At least she didn't throw them away. My mom wrapped a can. So she, she was all excited. She said, I found this in the closet. I meant to give this to you. And it was a can. So I said, oh, it's going to be like, you know, Justice League SpaghettiOs from 1989 or something. No, it was from 1985. It was two cassettes of Jonathan Winters nice. in a can that you have to open with a can opener called Can Laughter. And I said, okay, not only do I not have a cassette player anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or a can opener. But the fact that it is, 
that 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 present was in limbo for 25 years. That will, is a wow. new record. I will bet you that that is worth bank right now. And I will not open it for exactly that reason because I'm I'm just gonna yeah it's fine maybe I'll. So wait, she never gave it to you the first time. Right, not at all. Oh well, then that's, that's then different. It's a new gift. That's okay. All right. She aged it. She has like not a fine yet. wine. <laughs> yes. She wow. gave you a collector's item. But let me let me say, okay, that's, that's but that's foresight to but say. But that is not Jonathan Rob's Winters point. Twenty years from now, that is not Rob's point about the greatest um, mom regifting story ever. Here are your comic books wrapped up nicely, probably with acidic wrapping paper ruining their value. I scotch taped them together, and in fact, some of them I used as the wrapping paper. Does that lower I their volume? Them I stapled them together. Uh, after digging, uh, anyway, I am now sitting on a bunch of the. And, and this, by the way, Rob will lower their value. Don't sit on these old mm. Captain America yes. books. It seems that with most of them, Stanley and Jack Kirby are the writers and artists. I don't know if they would have any monetary value. No, Rob, they wouldn't. Please just donate them to the Fanboy Planet <laughs> podcast right now. But I've been reading through them, and while they are fun. And extra cheesy. I don't know if it is the hallmark of Stan Lee, but just the way the superheroes speak when they come from his pen are absolutely priceless. And who could not love villains such as Batrock the Leaper, Swordsman, and Living Laser? I say, bring back Stan Lee and let the fun begin. Did I say, <laughs> Rob, read here at Elusive. You can get the trade paperbacks. Just imagine Stan Lee creating the DC Universe. Oh, my God. brother. And you will say... Mm, it's over, Maybe Jim. not so much. No, and I'll tell you, this actually sparked me to do something that, of course, this fall, and, and Chris is going to leap in here because I'm going to, I'm going to He's mention... He's going to leap in like Batrock like the Leaper. Like Batrock, Chris Rock the Leaper. With a, oh, ready, 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 with yes. your French accent, I'm going to mention a writer whom not only have you claimed to know, I have confirmed what that writer does actually admit to knowing you. So, um, Boom Studios actually did do handle the bringing back Stan Lee the correct way. He is the editor-in-chief running a bullpen of three titles. And they have Paul Cornell writing one. Paul Cornell, that would guy. be That would be the person that Chris Garcia knows and who admits that he knows Chris Garcia. Because Paul probably does not have to deal with you on anything more than a once-a-year basis. A little more than and, that, but yeah. Uh, Mark Wade, and then the guy who writes iZombie, and his name is uh, Rob oh. something. Um, uh, Rob Zombie. No, it's not. No. So Zombie Rob. T- so this Bob actually Zombie. sparked me to say... This is doing it right, because Boom, of course, offers me PDFs, and I downloaded the PDFs of, of everything they've released so far. They have three titles, and uh, so there's Mark Wade again. Um, the titles are The Traveler, right. Starborn, and Soldier Zero. And oh, Soldier oh, yeah. Zero. Out of these, I, yeah, and Soldier Zero is the one Paul Cornell is writing, okay. and uh, it's about a guy uh, who's come back from the Afghanistan war. He's in a wheelchair because uh, his spine was damaged in, in, in an explosion. He's in, in, in a wheelchair, and then there's an alien war going on outside where the where the armor is symbiotic with its hosts. Oh. And he's been injured, and so he can crash. Yes, we just had uh, uh, the guy who owned the store when we first started the podcast, Andy Mead, walked in wearing yeah. a black trench coat. And Say hi, folks. That's where we're going to leave it. Hi, folks. There you go. <laughs> you recall Andy came in and uh, helped with our interview with Trina Robbins a few weeks back. Um, so anyway, uh, and he bonds with it, this armor's host dies, and so it goes to the nearest host it can, and that's this guy. And um, hmm. it's it had three issues so far. It's I know, it, <laughs> but, but that's the thing is Stanley when he creates stuff, it's like everybody now the media because comics media in particular pretends that comics have only existed for five years. Yeah, whatever your latest project is, whatever your your revisioning of something is, the previous thing didn't exist as far as the press. Re- 
and especially the, and, if and the reality it's a is property owned by the competition. Right. You know, so that's fine. But it's actually a really good book. And then he, uh, and then we should say actually because they are all three are really good. Starborn's only had one issue, and it's about a guy who writes science fiction stories, and then he discovers there was a science fiction writer who's out of print, who's created a, a, a universe basically oh. exactly like his. And he's like, well, why? I've been making these stories up when I was a kid. I never read this guy. And it's because he himself actually is. He's accessing memories because he's not human. And uh-huh. so he is starborn and he's tapping in. And so th- maybe this other sci-fi writer was also of his race. Who knows? It's an interesting take. And then Mark now, wait, Wade, Is that anything to do with Starburns? No. Oh, okay. And, That's a different uh, Starburns. Okay. And this is why we bring you back week after week what? to provide Thank you, the Professor Professor. To, to, say, to say the things that <laughs> some kid at home is going, Starburns. <laughs> uh, uh, Starburns, L Star Prince. Yes. And then uh, The Traveler is by Mark Wade, and it's uh, about a guy who. Walks around a lot. He's no, he's a time traveler, but he can't actually. He can manipulate time, but he can't actually apparently travel through. There's some kind of quantum quantum experiment that has caused that has created three supervillains and himself, and he's trying to basically prevent the accident from happening. I think that's what's happening. So it's like a giant game of Scotland Yard. So I don't feel like it's going to be. Wow. These are ongoing, meant to be ongoing series. I think they're meant to be miniseries as long, but Stan Lee's kind of giving kind of his insight. Of Scott, yeah. But by having top writers do it, you've got the Stan Lee touch, but then actually fitting with kind of the, what we expect out of storytelling now. And I would say, Rob, honestly, if you go back and read those Just Imagines, I guess you'd find them funny. Uh, fun. I think. But I, I, <laughs> no, only I think read, you're right the first time. I, I, I mean, I, read, I think I read the first three of them and yeah. just went, this is, and even Stan Lee says it didn't turn out the way I'd hoped. But, yeah. And by the way, yesterday was Stan Lee's 89th birthday. Happy birthday, Stan. He's only 89. Wow. Only 89. <laughs> and he could still drink any of us under the table. Um, I always assumed he was the elder of the uh, Stan slash Julius uh, diumvirate. No. Wow. No. Uh, and he, but he's, uh, yeah, and still going strong because oh, obviously. And he Hugh just, Hefner just got married too. Uh, he got engaged. engaged. Yeah. So, uh, and since Stan here's played Hugh guys. Hefner in Iron Man, yeah, here's to it. Let's, may we have half as much energy at your age and. And I would settle for about a tenth of as much success. Just a tenth. Mm-hmm. That'd yeah. be good. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are talking about I, I'd only settle for a seventh. Or uh, either, one. Hefner. either one. Either one. Okay. Because there's a lot of areas to be successful in. I know. Yeah. Still, whatever. Um, you know, I'll take it. it, it look, if I was 87, 88, and yeah. If I make it to 87, that's going to be the miracle. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> to my wife listens to this podcast. Uh, this was really great, guys, and I'm sorry I'm dead now. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway. In memorial. Uh, <laughs> so, bring back Stanley. Let's just wish ha- Stanley a happy birthday. Support Boom in this ever, because they really are good books. I, and, well, and, here, can I ask you a question? I'm not saying that was a surprise. I just finally it took time to read them. Is, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Is there any current writer right now? That has kind of a similar Stanley flair to where we could recommend to Rob. But see, what is that Stanley flair? I think to have the Stanley flair, you have to be yeah. doing like a pastiche, and you're trying to parody him. I think the honest or thing, maybe just a fun, lighthearted writer. Stanley. And, and it, it, because, well, because it was early, he was doing a lot more pure comic. Yeah, you know, yeah. individual storylines, uh, individual stories in books. I, I just and think stuff the thing like you'd say is the best of the writers that are working today, like Mark Wade. Yeah. Um, is these guys were all influenced by Stanley, and you have to give yeah. credit to that. Kyle Baker, well, Mark, Kyle Baker, maybe when Kyle writes stuff, but I mean, but Mark Wade is kind of a comics purist, and when he was writing like Flash, 
He wrote a lot of that really yeah. kind of upbeat and fun. Well, no, that's why I would say I, I, I would give I would give Mark Wade credit. And the other thing I'd say, it, yeah, it gives me a chance to segue into the other thing I was catching up on over Christmas was Incorruptible and Irredeemable, which have just turned. I mean, yeah, the, and that's a good that's a good example of what I was about to about to go into because nowadays there's so much stuff out there that writers make their make their bones on taking existing properties and reinvigorating them mm-hmm. or or somehow modifying them. Lee and Kirby were creating whole new worlds, whole new aspects of how New York worked, how all these superheroes worked together well, and, and saw and, each and other. And this is the point that like Carr made at the podcast this summer about how, you know, you had the giant Galactus action figure and so you realize that right. actually now Lee and Kirby ran hundred and four issues on Fantastic Four. Yeah, Galactus about. was and this is how creative those guys were Galactus was not meant to come back. He's like a mainstay. It's like the Joker in Batman. He shows up every couple of years, a big major event. Lee and Kirby did the Galactus trilogy, and Galactus said, I'm leaving Earth yeah. forever. You're banished and, from Earth. And, and Lee and Kirby were about, let's create something new now. Yeah. Each, you know, each two or each, three issues, if right. they did a multi-part story, that was pretty much the last time you saw that villain. But this ties back into what you were starting to say about irre- Irredeemable and Incorruptible, because those are fully realized universes yes. just within those two books and they work and they've got a lot of backstory that's not been written yet and i think that's, and that's a and, good and he did and uh mark wade did a turn on in uh, on irredeemable like this wild plot twist and it's like oh irredeemable irredeemable might not just be referring to the plutonian yeah and it's it is about power corrupting but then on the other hand you have incorruptible about this villain seeing the light and it's just kind of like megamind but before Megamind got going, oh, you know. Okay. They, but yeah, in oh yeah, yeah. I never saw Megamind. I did see matter. Megamind. I enjoyed the movie. It was it it was not as funny as I thought it mm. would be. But but I did I did enjoy that. So mm. um, and then we got some news this week. And usually, what's kind of a dead week? Dark Horse announced they're bringing back Dark Horse Presents. No, oh, really. Uh, and this is a bo- it's going to be eighty pages. I don't have a price point on it. I was Let trying. me guess. They're going to have an aliens and a predator story. In no. It. Oh, okay. No, they're going. They've got stuff that I think. Rick is going to want to get it. So well, first they, of they all, currently are doing a lot of tars, uh, a lot of uh, John Doc Carter Savage. stuff. Yeah, they just released a John Carter. Where the, I bet it's sold but out that's, here. That's not the same as the Dynamite. No, uh, no, John it's Carter. it's like the it's like fifties. There was a fifties comic book of John Carter. That's what they're repeating. Uh, no, they, they did the Weird World. I picked it up uh, yesterday. Yes, it was but the they're Weird reprints, World. Uh, but John Carter. They, but they, and there's another they trade paperback as well. Right, right. So they've got everything else. The DC Weird Worlds. John Carter stuff, right? Because it was in Weird Worlds from DC, right? Yes, because DC's reviving Weird Worlds as a title, right? Uh, and then there's another one that's uh, that's not Gold Key stuff. It's like Dell or something there, from the fifties. Two John Carters. The and one that came out yesterday is the Weird Worlds mm-hmm. John Carter, and it starts with Murray Murray Lester. I just put it on really? my wish list on Amazon, yeah. and I'm hoping someone will get it for me. Um, not that that happens, but anyway, no. This has the sequel to Three Hundred will start. Xerxes by Frank Miller oh, and Dark Horse okay. Presents is where Sin City actually yeah. launched. Concrete launched there, so there's a new Concrete story by Paul Chadwick coming Ooh, back. Cool, that's uh, been a number of years. Neil Adams is doing a new creator-owned series, Blood, eight eight-page oh. serialized uh, about a detective. He's a, or a cop, gritty cop who gets killed in like the first couple pages, uh, but you know, have gained power. And Howard Chaykin is doing creator-owned series, yes. Marked Man. So if you're saying that's the first issue alone. Chaikin, Miller, Chadwick, and Adams. You're I, buying that, aren't I, you? I, I, I'm You're buying that. that. That's not a. That's not. And a then question. there's some. Chaikin you know, alone is enough to get me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
And then I got I got really excited. Uh, I didn't realize the 2011 marks the 20th anniversary of the publication of Bone, of, of the of the wow. first. And so to celebrate, wow. uh, Scholastic has already sent me the first novel in the Quest for the Spark trilogy by uh, Tom Snagoski with. Uh, illustrations by Jeff Smith. These are prose works. These are prose works. Wow. Uh, children's, young adult novels, really more children's novels, uh, dealing with um, what happens to the valley after the Bone Cousins left, but new Bones are looking for it because they've gone back to to Boneville and talked about all the weird things that, that happened to them. So new explorers are coming. Cool. Um, I didn't necessarily need a sequel, but I can understand why they wanted to do it, and it's it's pretty charming. It's you know it's, it's got a strong fan base. I yeah, mean. and so but here's the thing again: you thought you had the ultimate edition. Oh no! Oh no! I, yeah. No. So now they because the ultimate edition is still black and white. Right. Because now they're going to release in hardcover, bone one volume, in a slipcase from the Scholastic colored oh, pages. That's nice. And I know here again it's going on Rick's Amazon wish list. And by Rick's Amazon wish list, I mean he's just going to buy it for himself. Uh, you know, so nine and a quarter inch by seven inch. So oh. it's like it's like a. I looked at the photo and went, and I think you'd appreciate what I'm saying. It looks like a big, big little book. So it's and like I a want giant, giant really bone. Bad. Yes, so it's like a big bone. You like are a making a joke. Big. By the way, that joke was made 20 years ago today. So very good. We are rocking the 20th it's anniversary of, of It's of big the enough. First, it can uh, stand up on yes. end on the table. Ooh. Yes. Uh, so, so standing. I'm, so an erect bone is what you're saying. I yes. gave you that one and, for and free. On, okay. Actually, if you want to just get one now, you can go to uh, Leather Masters. They have one on the floor. So um, anyway. That joke brought to you by Leather Masters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So those are the, those, those to me the exciting upcoming uh, kind of interesting off the beaten path because I like to at the end of the year to sort of talk about things that aren't DC or Marvel. But now I'm gotta, looking forward to 2011. But now I got to talk DC because we got a request uh, through Facebook. Uh, Car D'Angelo asked or suggested I should say that we uh, that we talk about Flash number eight, which came out yesterday, uh, which is a, a rewritten, revised origin of the Reverse Flash. It says even on the cover, the reverse flash Is he rebirth. still Professor Zoom? He is yeah. Professor Zoom. They but give I thought there were two different... Oh, there wait. are. And there's this is Zoom, and then there's... Professor Zoom. Right. So I'm going to say this is a really... Confusing. I, I, I enjoyed the story. Did you read it, Rick? I, 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 I tried to email you, but now. I didn't think I understand. I got... Wait, who's... Zoom is Hunter something? Yeah, Hunter he was... Hunter Solomon? Or, uh, no, yes, Hunter Solomon. It was in Z. He was a cop on the uh, Keystone City Police Force, and he was Wally's version of the Reverse Flash. Mm, okay. And his motivation was to make heroes better by putting them through the worst thing right. they could possibly go through. Um, and then the original Professor uh, Professor Zoom, flat, the Reverse Flash... Was like the, they always said was like he was this great fan. He was from twenty fifth century. This great fan of the Flash of Barry Allen, and he came back in time and um, became his greatest enemy. Just so I guess he could spar. I don't, I, I don't know until it all turned dark in the early eighties, and uh, he killed Iris Allen, and uh, the, and, the and then Flash Barry came back and killed him. Yeah, um, and then Barry died. And then Barry's not dead; he's reborn. And then Barry's back. Yes, and so and I'm going to say, so the, of course, the, his greatest enemy has the meta commentary on this. Is I think that if you want to read Jeff Johns' statement of belief about his job as chief creative officer, I think that's what this issue is. Because I realize that by going through this, first of all, Jeff Johns is already rewriting his own rewritten continuity that he rewrote in Flash. 
by reviving Professor Zoom and doing this. And basically in the issue, uh, and it's Professor Zoom is a nickname. His real name is Aobard Thawne, uh, which has long been established as well, though it's never made sense to me. It's um, probably an anagram for something. And they say no. Uh, but oh, okay. That... Um, it's that, you know, in the future, our names will all change. You know, it'll all evolve into the way we pronounce them. Oh, so, look at the baby names of 2010. You can absolutely. See. Whoever called a kid Cody. And we're going to have Aobard Lawn. And uh, Aobard Thawn is going, is constantly, uh, so the reverse flash is going back through his own personal history, constantly rewriting it so that uh, trying to eliminate the mistakes and trying to eliminate the frustrations, all the while, in a weird way, thinking that what he was doing was the right thing, and but only in a very psychopathic way. That's why madmen shouldn't travel back in time. Absolutely not. I, That's why we need Jean-Claude Van Damme as the time, as cop. time cop. That's why we need Rip Hunter. Oh, see, I time thought you were master. thinking Mad Men, the TV series, couldn't go back in time. Oh, well, which would be very they probably shouldn't as well. Still not having read this, but having flipped through it, yeah. which gives me about as much credibility as I need. Um, well, it, it meets our standards, our rigorous standards of journalism. At least I read I, six I've pages. Not been, I've not been reading uh, Flash at all. Is is Scott Collins the regular artist? Yes. And is it always done in this style? This, this of, it's almost it, like a pencil style. That's yes, been I've really enjoyed what uh, Scott Collins has been has been doing. He kind of changed up his style a little bit for this, and yeah. uh, it's good. It's I liked it a lot. And it's the, actually, I think he used the same style in, in the Solomon Grundy miniseries he did a couple of years ago. I also like the 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 way the honorable way in which uh, DC is treating Batman this year the, uh, as the, the New Year's baby, the, yes. the funny uh, hat on his yes. head. Um, so it, it's interesting. So you know, it, it's it is about giving these issues for rewriting continuity and revising continuity, and how it's going to lead up to Flashpoint, which is going to be the next exhausting crossover event. Uh, not to be confused, of course, with fear itself. So it's like if I'm sitting in the audience and they're talking about Flashpoint, I want to know how insulated is this so I can ignore it completely. You without can't. I can't. Damn. I think, though, it's more likely to be kind of like Blackest Night, whereas um, you could have ignored Blackest Night, and there were but some books still get that it utter- in your books. Every and there now were, and then. It's but like- there were a lot of books that did ignore it utterly, and uh, and that's why, like last week, I, I wrote a review. What, it was of, even in Doom Patrol. I mean, I, yeah. Well, last week I reviewed. It wasn't in Doc Savage. Oh, of course, it hasn't no, been out yet. No. Oh, and by the way, I saw that um, DC Showcase is doing. Um, it's going to reprint the uh, actual black and white Doc Savage magazine from Marvel. <gasps> oh, very those nice. Those eight issues, so that's coming Those were very June. good. I know. Yeah, those were Heck of a lot better than their too. color comic. Yeah. So I put that on the Amazon wish yeah. list when I saw that and went, oh, yeah, i got to have that. I mean, I had the magazines, but they all got tattered. I read those stories over and over and over, and nobody's reprinted them since. Yeah. So uh, Marvel actually had reprinted their color ones before, and now there's a DC Doc Savage book mm-hmm. reprinting the Marvel Carefully removing the band that says Marvel. Still got the banner, just no text. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing those black and whites back. So, um, and then uh, an essay in Wired magazine appeared from Patton Oswalt. This this is going to cover all of our usual topics because Patton Oswalt has complained. Did you get a chance to read that link that I sent you? I tried to. I, it was long, and I was trying to rush over here. It was more to, than six pages. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I got I got the. I was checking emails as I, before I yeah. got over here, and I was just like, I can't read this. Yeah. One, but I read the first like three paragraphs. He he declared 
geek culture essentially dead because uh, and we can argue with it, but it's certainly something that's sort of out there right now. People are going to say because Patton Oswalt is like a patron saint of geek culture. Um, yeah, it wasn't so much dead so much as assimilated into the mainstream. It's too much. And he's been talking about that on Twitter for ages. Well, I should... What's this Twitter thing you speak of? Anyway, um, it, 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 so he coins the acronym ETAWAF. Everything that ever was available forever. And that's the difference between well, like we were growing up. I mean, which yeah. I, I think he makes an interesting point about how when we were kids... And I, I don't know if I would even include Lon and Chris in this. When we were kids and you watched Captain Cosmic and you saw Spectre Man, you, you know, you missed an episode. That was pretty much You'd it. You'd never see it You'd again. You'd never see it again. There were no Spectre Man toys. There were very few Ultraman toys. You'd go to Japantown and maybe see a, a, a store that had that. I, I remember missing. Or go to conventions. The original broadcast of The Hobbit. You. Remember The Hobbit? cartoon oh, yes and i the missed that and then when i was in college adventure. i ran into uh, uh, one of my professors ran into a had a copy of it that they had a very early vcr and i badgered her and badgered her and badgered her to let me come over that to the is house not like the, lo- the rick i know i'm oh, sorry no, i was poor then you what you I were poor then poor then <laughs> no <laughs> no it was the badgering part of that was being badger, badger. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. i mean you know growing up in the age of the vcr you know, I remember, you know, you'd wait a year before you, a movie would come out. But then once it was out, you rented it all the frickin' time. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and you'd rent it and you'd watch it five times when you rented it exactly. so that you could get your money's worth out You're of having it. Well, back then when you rented tapes, you, you had them for like two weeks, didn't you? I mean, no, was no, it? no. Overnight No, it was an overnight. Bucks. That was it. Yeah. yeah it was, oh, really? It was yeah. Our video store, you rented them and you had them for like seven days. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was like, and that's why we'd watch the thing. You know, seven what or eight What you'd do times. is you'd find a friend who had a VCR, too. Yes, and yeah. then you'd dub oh, them. I have these six-hour dubs of things, yeah. like mm-hmm. these weird triple features. Very snowy copies of Empire Strikes Back. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I believe I had one. Well, we, had to, we had to used to rent our VCR. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could do I remember we yeah, could do that. Yeah, because my dad wouldn't buy one. Wow. You know, because who, who would have thought you'd need to, you know, it was like we a special treat. We used to walk treat. six miles to school. I used Both to walk uphill. Oh, right. All right, then I have one for you. Okay. Did you before the VCR? Did you guys have projectors in your house and have to get like the eight millimeters to watch stuff? I will tell you what happened because my dad was a, an elementary school teacher, and so when they would, so when well, they would my rent, mom was when yeah. they would rent a movie for the school to show to the kids, you know, like a whole school assembly. Then my dad would bring the movie home and bring and check out the projector. So my mom. Yes, that's how we watched Cat in the Hat. Uh, we watched Pete's Dragon. Ooh, I remember that. I never seen that. I remember the I remember the scholastic cut of Pete's Dragon was one hour, and I remember seeing that like seven or eight years ago because someone needed to borrow my projector to show it, and wow, the story is hard to follow. Yeah, and so um, yeah, I mean, and that's a different time. You know, it was it was it just everything wasn't at your fingertips. And I think about that. It's true. I mean, you got a DVD collection and I say, I make this joke about TV series. People tell me, you know, you should watch this. It's like, that's on my retirement list. When I retire, I'll have time to just power through them all. I mean, and there's even in, on, uh, what's that? Uh, you'll know the website that has modern slang. Um, oh, Urban Dictionary? Urban Dictionary. Uh, it had, I saw they came up with a word for, um, there's a word for powering through a series all in one sitting. Like, you have one weekend and you've. There's a slang term <laughs> no for it. No potty break. Yeah, well, you see, I, I take a potty break and I sleep. Uh, but certainly, you know, I mean, it's like Smallville. That's uh, Until this year, there's been about the last three years, that's what I've done. On one weekend, gotten the DVDs and just, with all good intention to watch the next season uh, on a weekly basis, 
But, you know, and Patton Oswalt's coming com- to that is normally it used to be you'd have to wait a week to know right. what was going to happen next. And right. now you go, oh, I'll just pop the next disc in. Or, you know, I, this week, showing, I leave my But son. how does that mean the geek culture's over? That just, to me, means geek culture's stronger well, than ever. What it ever. means is that everybody knows it. Everybody's wearing the T-shirt. Like, Andy's walking in. Well, he's wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. I thought it was Iron Man. I just saw the, the NMA. I was wearing my Batman tattoo or something yesterday. So. Okay. You know, it, it, uh, it, and, and the T-shirts with the superheroes on them were, like, for kid, little kids. You know, in those sections, maybe you'd see those. Or you get them in the back of comic books. And now you walk into Kohl's and uh, I got to get iron-ons. Well, that's because iron-ons. Marvel's owned by Disney. I mean, it's just big business. But DC, too. I mean, it's everything. It is big business. But it, but it's in adult sizes where you didn't used to get that. And it's just like, this is the culture. No. And he's complaining. And I've said this, too. You know, it's like before Watchmen, nobody really re- was in. It wasn't part of the mainstream. 1987, the last issue of Watchmen comes out. And he says, it used to be cool when you'd read. You, this new writer Neil Gaiman, he'd do these fill-in issues, and then suddenly Sam and I can remember. I can remember my resentment, actually, after about. 20 issues of Sandman, Sandman, and I was reading the book of short stories that, that they had published yeah. that Neil Gaiman edited, and I was on a plane with one member of my comedy troupe, and, she's, and she was considered herself the tastemaker, and she goes, what are you reading? And I said, Sandman, and she goes, oh yeah, that's cool. And I went, yeah, you think it's cool because Rolling Stone just told you it was cool. Uh-huh. I think it's cool because I bought the first issue and no one knew what it was. But no one's going to give me that credit. That's why I still shake kids that come over to the dances, you know, and say, wearing the superhero t-shirts and go, I broke barriers for you. If I'd shown up at a dance wearing a t-shirt like this, I would have been hanging on the wall the whole night. Nobody would have talked to me. I hate you all. Your so wait, entire How did generation. you break barriers if you didn't wear the shirt to the dance? Oh, Snape, that just happened. <laughs> oh, Snape. Oh. Boom. Oh, yeah, you just fist bumped a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Which is exactly Patton Oswalt's point. <laughs> Only nerds do that. Um, you can't be geeks if everyone is one. Right. Well, I, but I did used to wear the T-shirts to school. I was tormented. No, I said the dance. Mercilessly. Well, I didn't go to the dances. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Oh, so uh, then I'm the trailblazer because I did wear the shirts to the dances. But, I mean, I yeah. can say this. Uh, no, because I'm older than you, buddy. It's because I was wearing the Chewbacca socks to school. And <laughs> <laughs> Wait, my, what my, are Chewbacca socks? My family socks? couldn't afford them. <laughs> they, were, they were socks with that, Star Wars on them with, pic- yes. with Chewbacca. Oh, they weren't picture. actually like Wookiee hair? <laughs> so that like, would have been awesome. When you're, like, you're are you kidding? I would have totally loved that. A <laughs> leg comes up cardigan. and you have like a Wookiee leg. <laughs> That uh, that's called uh, that would have been like the, the French Women's Club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so no, I mean that's true. There was like this guy who moved to who moved to town. If Lucas, if you're new listening. kid, new kid at junior high decided the, that what he would do to be cool was decide who was the easiest one to pick on, and that was his nickname for me. He suddenly started calling me Chewbacca, Chewbacca Socks. Socks. That's awesome. And we were friends, and that's why I, when I went to our 20-year high school reunion, I said, you all mock me, but I have actually met Luke Skywalker and worked for him. Ha, 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 And they you all know. turned around and went, uh, Luke Skywalker's not real. And they all said, we all have fulfilling lives. No, actually, all, no, what, they, no, what I got a lot was a lot of drunk people going, you know, in hindsight, we thought you were pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> when we think about you now. Roger. No, yeah. <laughs> Roger. Ah. Hey! You know, so I ranked up. I want Chewbacca socks. Uh, I don't you know what happened to them. Happen. No, uh, not your old ones. No, uh, you, you, want, you want Wookiee socks. Wookiee socks. You yeah. want w- Lucas, make it happen. Make I want a Tauntaun hair cardigan now. That's what I really want. Okay, well, George Lucas, make it happen. Because mm-hmm. you know he's listening. Oh, yeah. Um, like Paul Cornell is. You know, um, I, something I have to mention about him. National Film Registry just added... Empire Strikes Back. And 
his As a original film THX, version of which THX. Was, it's a f- electronic a, a longer title. THX 1138 uh, and something. Or it's, yeah. it's annoyingly long, but it's actually it's about the last third of the film, more or less. And I, can I ask you something, honestly? I, I did mean to put that down as a good segue into movies, is... When the National Film Registry does this, they don't actually like keep a copy, and they're like, "What's the, what's the advantage of, uh, from a fan's point of view, of the National Film Registry actually announcing that this is on their list?" Well, it does not. While it does not guarantee it will get preservation, there has to be a copy in existence. Um, Who says? I mean, no, no. How do they how do they enforce that? Uh, because they actually, when they're they're doing the list, I. I love these people, by the way. Um, they go through. Then and I want Crackpot Comics to make it on the National <laughs> Film Registry. Hey, <laughs> it must be preserved. There has to be a copy in I'm existence all for it. to prove I was in a movie. Because <laughs> I listened, I, I listened to Chris Garcia when he said he was going to put me in a movie, and he never came through. But Lon Lopez, hey, if a man you worked did. harder to get funding, Snape. <laughs> What? I wasn't asked to. So anyhow, <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> so, but uh, what? So it guarantees a when they're going through grant processes and they want to find what the films that most should be put money poor. It is more than likely that those will be the ones that will get first crack. Okay. Um, uh, the classic example is uh, the Toll of the Sea. I think is what it was called. It was an early uh, anime Wong film. And it had been ignored. They found bits of it, and it got onto the registry oh, specifically so. For those who thought that was just a slur, uh, you know, he, he was stuttering or something, it's not anime. It's Anna May Wong. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, not, no, anime Wong. Uh, Wong. <laughs> that's what anime it sounded right. like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> um, okay, Mowage. <laughs> yeah. And also, Airplane got on. Yes, airplane. And I, I've been rewatching that. Which I didn't realize they're going to show with the Castro on January thirtieth, and the Zucker brothers are going to be there, and it's part of the San Francisco Sketch Fest. The Zucker brothers are going to come come there, be there, and Robert Hayes. Oh, and they're nice. Do a Q and A afterwards because Lee everyone Wilson's else is ashes. dead, and I uh, everyone else is dead. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. That's the weekend of my grandmother's birthday, so I'm probably going to go to that. But I but uh, I, it was like the first time that I thought, you know, that would kind of. Be worth. I would totally love to go and see. Aren't that. the Zucker's all like, uh, like right wing Republicans? Uh, just one now? is, as far oh, as I know. Okay. Just, but uh, you know, so and that's okay because they're still good people. They still made us laugh. And it's also the second listed Zucker. So I, in fact, the, the I, I, I I showed an episode of uh, Police Squad to my drama class, mm-hmm. trying to talk about parody, and of course, and you know, it's funny they just don't get it because they don't appreciate the influence. Well, they and, and they're going like, and they get it. But they're like going, do they know how stupid this is? And I'm going. Yeah, yeah, they but are. if they don't have the reference, though, yeah. to all the seventies no, top shows. I know, and that's what I said. It yeah. told them that too. But it was the things they were laughing at. They're going, "This is so stupid." I'm like, "Yeah, on purpose." I mean, it really is. Yeah. But and it made me think of, and we, and we didn't touch on that in your article, but realizing watching that, that something the Zuckers said, and I think was right about Leslie Nielsen was, in the early days and in the police and in the Naked Gun movies, the thing that made Frank Drebin so interesting and, and even an airplane was that. He did not seem in on yeah. the joke. And right. I would say the last 10, 15 years of the parody movies that he was in that I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy nearly as much, he was in on the joke. And he was yeah. saying things like he thought they were going to be funny, whereas, man, he was not. He is hilarious right. in, the, right. in, the, in the Naked Gun. It's Dead hilarious pound. in the police squad because it is so like Frank Drebin's just treating this like this yeah. is a normal cop. Thing. And why Airplane is so funny is that – you can you don't have to have the background with all the disaster movies to appreciate what's going on in airplane yes because i mean it just it's the most brilliantly of all of them i think that's the best constructed 
Yeah, probably. Uh, Although I love Top Secret. Top Secret, yeah, that's the other one. I, I mean, do the, love Top Secret. the musical sequences in Top Secret. Oh, I have that. I have that EP. It's not. <sighs> as, it's not as pure as Airplane, but I would give you it. It's <laughs> yeah. a fun. I got to straighten the rug <laughs> because I almost this wet myself when she said it. And there's brings back my Mel Torme story. Yes, <laughs> the Wait, time I met Mel Torme, and I said I was working in a movie theater, and Mel Torme used to go to every movie, no matter mm-hmm. how bad it was. And it was Mel Torme was waiting to see Future Kill. Oh my god! Starring the guy that was the original oh, Leather Kane Hot, not Kane Hotter. Yeah, yeah Kane uh, Hotter in uh, oh, whatever yeah. in the original Leatherface. Yeah, the first Leatherface. And he's sitting there in the lobby, and I and I kind of walk over and I start to talk to him, and I and I walked over to this other guy who would been in Westwood for and worked in the movie theater a lot longer than I did and I said that guy looks just like Mel Torme and he goes that's because it he is, is Mel Torme and he said it purposely loud enough so that Mel Torme would look at him and go Pierre <laughs> <laughs> I was like thank you I am now shorter than you <laughs> so, anyway two movies I love movies let's talk movies um the movie rumor. Well, I guess it's more than rumor now, Long, because you said, or did you say you saw it was this a rumor, rumor too? Still rumor that uh, they're saying in Thor that Jeremy Renner will be making an appearance as Hawkeye to do kind of that little crossover thing because apparently Samuel L. Jackson is not going to be in Thor, uh, but Hawkeye so do the will. After credits scene, yeah. Who knows? Will he be Clint Barton? There was a you know. A, no one knows. Arrow will shoot into the scene. Yeah, he'll shoot an arrow. He'll be able to yeah, and he'll yes. look. And he'll go, look back. You. Yeah. <laughs> and then black. Oh no! This is Earth, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Great Robin Hood. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I, I guess we'd be excited. Oscar. I was I hoping they would have Alan Alda re- reprise his role, but I don't think it'll happen. I guess we have to say Oscar nominee <laughs> Jeremy Renner will be in it. Uh, yeah. Did you see that? Uh, it was the Back to the Future screen test sketch they did on Saturday yes. Live. And, uh, I don't know, come on, what's his name? They, they, Bill Hader? Bill Hader. Yes. Does the most freaky Alan Alda impersonation. It was so yes. dead on. Auditioning to play Doc Brown. Oh. It was hilarious. And it's not on the Hulu thing. It's not on the on-demand oh, version. They edited it out. <sighs> I, for whatever reason, it must have been some kind of... I, I think you can go on the NBC.com. You may still be able to find the video there. But I mean, I mean, it was a revisit to the joke they'd done that with the Star Wars audition tapes. Yeah. But to find the lost, that was really funny. Yeah, Eddie Bill Murphy. Hader. Eddie Murphy is Marty McFly. He's my that, favorite <laughs> new guy. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I wish I knew that guy's name. They're totally Jay Farrow. Jay Farrow, because yeah. his Will Smith was his Will Smith is genius. Thank yeah, you. I know. I'm sorry. Why did not just turn to the SNL Zorlack? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so sorry. I don't know any of the new chicks though. Sorry. Uh, the Miley Cyrus. Girl is disturbingly is, accurate. Is both disturbingly accurate and amazingly hot. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you have that. that. Okay. I can I neither confirm nor deny. Um, uh, and then they came out because the rumor that has been since debunked was that Demi, uh, New Mexico uh, newspaper said that uh, whatever the Albuquerque newspaper is, they're filming the Avengers in Albuquerque. Some stuff, and they said, you know, and there's Krees and scrolls here. They tried to be really geek thing, and that Demi Lovato is making an appearance, uh, but apparently Demi Lovato is still in rehab. So that was sort of the uh, uh, another wait, Disney did star. Did she's out of rehab. One make the Demi Lovato. Th- I thought they were separate. The Mexico newspaper just said. Oh, Krees okay. And scrolls. Uh, well, I don't know. The what other the Demi rumor Lovato- was Demi Lovato was. Was going was the only possibly thing, up for a role. The only thing that has come to the surface as as not yet debunked is that Marvel is looking to kind of add another female, add another female mm-hmm. character in there. 
But Demi um, Lovato has been debunked, I think. Yes, they, did, no, yes, the they did debunk that. And the Kree Skrull has been, been debunked. Yes, this is the only rumor that stayed. But has anybody been watching the Avengers uh, animated thing? No, I have not. Partially, yes and no. Have you seen, in the last couple episodes, they've done, they've combi- they're combining the Skrull Kree War with Secret Invasion. The plot lines are converging uh, in the show. Haven't been paying attention. So they just had, they just had, uh, maybe it was Natasha or something, exposed as a scroll. <gasps> yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. I, I, other than the first, <laughs> you just rocked his world. I'm not but really. That's actually a so, really good show. I mean, it's, it I'm sure. It's I, you but, know, but the thing is, though, now though, can they can they really just introduce a scroll who's a shape changer? Without evoking Secret Invasion, though, you know what I mean. I guess that's probably why. They but that did wasn't it. really part of the original scroll. <clears throat> I know, but the, but, the but this is the thing: is when you retell the stories for a new medium, and this is why, like the movies always overload with villains, is because they figured this is their shot, and it's not, it's not what people really know happens, what they think they know. So who? What's the most recent scroll thing? People maybe walk right. into the store because of Secret Invasion. So you've got to acknowledge it, but but, but because these shows are always run by guys that have loved Marvel forever, they want to include everything that ever happened. But here's how wacky it gets. They, they introduce Captain Marvel. That's wacky. It's the uh, Ultimates version of Captain Marvel. Right. See, and I was going to say that. And there's also, you know, you got to count that the Ultimates happen. And it's the Marvel versus the Sentries, which was right out of the Skrull Kree War at the beginning, and then they mm-hmm. move into the... They so, move into the yeah, I mean, you know, they're condensing invasion. 40 years of storytelling yeah. into... Which is kind of cool. Into half an hour. Yeah. So, uh... Yes. I'm enjoying it. Okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I recommend it. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Um, actually, but before you move on, though, I'm actually uh, more kind of, you know how we talked a couple weeks ago about them bringing all these movies together and how it's going to be a big mess. I'm actually kind of anticipating to see how they're going to pull it off and, you know, maybe put the period on it. Or No, actually, they said Iron Man 3 is supposed to be a sequel to Avengers. Well, that's what John Favreau's complaint was. That's but one of the no reasons he justified... Well, that's one of his justifications for leaving the, sh- the franchise. See, for me, that just makes... I don't know. We talk about being a geek and everything else. Like, to well, me, yeah, absolutely. This that's is, a, like a geeky thing that I yeah. enjoy. Like, and I ran an article on that, wrote an article after Iron Man 2, saying that if you... And when people would ask me and say, if you look at all of them as chapters in a mo- big movie called Marvel Universe... Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more enjoyable. Right. Except for Daredevil. Well, no, all the no. Paramount slash Disney, because Disney has all the bought Marvel the rights studios, back. All yeah. the Mar- Marvel mm-hmm. Studios things. Daredevil is not, is not a Marvel Studios film. I thought it was. I thought no. it was the first one. No. no. Fox owns the rights. Oh. And if Fox owns the rights, Marvel will still get its little little <laughs> logo on it. Oh, okay. But it's not, consi- it's not considered uh, Marvel Studios. The Marvel oh. Studios is only the films they actually control. All right. Which is why they're now excited. You know, they're going, we've got the Punisher back. And it's like, really, wasn't Warzone kind of uh, still a Marvel Studios thing, wasn't it? I mean, you saw it. No, he said at the thing that they got the Punisher back. Right, but didn't Marvel have control over that last Punisher movie? What was Lionsgate, I think. Yeah, but it was still, didn't it say Marvel Studios at the top? I'm sure they. So I mean, that's what what I'm trying to explain to Chris. Say, yeah, they didn't really have the creative control, or at least that's what they're going to say. If those movies that happened before. They sucked. We really didn't have creative control. It really wasn't us. And what they're really saying is, it was really Avi Arad, oh. and you know, and Avi's gone now. He's not part of. Hey, you know what anymore. though? Don't blame Avi because he's I the one that Avi. put him back in the high absolutely, profile. Absolutely, absolutely. I give Avi Arad all due credit for that. So, um, and then he ruined everything. No. no, and then he produced Bratz, the movie. Oh well, then he saved us all. Yeah, um, he saved every one of us. <laughs> 
Avi, Avrat. All right. I was thinking in my head that he you actually the Prats movie. That you actually vocalized it. That that. Uh, <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, and speaking of that. Uh, <laughs> There have been several reports. I don't know if you've seen all over. CNN's done it. Uh, I love CNN. Uh, well, I CNN. Like I was on CNN recently. Yes, I He was, actually. It was during big in Huge in Chile. Chile. Huge in Chile. Sorry. Give those anyway, several foods. places have picked up that um, Hollywood has finally gotten the message that we won't go to movies that suck. What? <laughs> yes. So but we're um, only four guys. Yeah, I there's know, a whole ton I, I, of people who will. Well, peop, no, there's going to be people won't. We've gotten the message that after Gulliver's Travels tanked, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, there's an irony is that I like I read some re- reviews about Gulliver's Travels where they're going, you know, it's nothing like the book, blah blah blah, and then to prove that it's nothing like the book and talk about Jack Black's lowbrow humor, they keep mentioning the one scene that actually is from Jonathan Swift's novel, which is. Uh, Gulliver actually peeing on the Lilliputians mm. to put out a fire. And it's saying, oh, how gross. How, you know, like, that right. actually Have you read the source in the material? Book. Yeah. Have you read about the Hunans? No one has, no one has ever actually read those books, <laughs> I read it. Yeah, I know. But even the people that actually make comments, I'm come okay. on. Um, yeah. This is why I say Lon, I, why we keep him around. He's better than most because at least he's read six pages of it. Right. Of Gulliver's Travels? Just go with me. I had to, yes. read, it in, I had to read it in high school. Yeah, yeah well. I read six pages of the Gold Key comic. Okay. Oh, the Classics Illustrated one is yes, actually pretty I, good. Uh, yeah. I, 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 Sorry. Well, and I watched the Hanna-Barbera series, which was great. Um, I saw the original movie like when I was a kid. The the old Three Worlds the, of Gulliver. No, wasn't the original there? movie is actually 1938, The Fleischer okay, Brothers. Maybe oh, not okay. that one. The 70s it, Wasn't there one like whatever. Gulliver in Space thing, too, in the yeah, 70s? Yeah, I think there was, but I've never seen it. But uh, anyway, I mean, that's just one example. And, and meet, uh, whatever, the Little meet Fockers, Little which Fockers. Is, is like tanking. And uh, it was like the number one movie of the weekend, uh, the, the first weekend it came Oh, out. you're With, confusing quality for amount of money made. Well, no, you said tanking. But, uh, well, but it is tank because it, it was number one movie with like 14 million, the first, 15 oh, million. The first weekend, like word of mouth, mouth hasn't gotten oh. out there. Yeah. And the worst movie I think I have ever seen, uh, How Do You Know, uh, which even wastes Jack Nicholson. Well, that's a wow. waste. Yeah, and it, I think it cost $120 million Well, and what like they're that? saying is the word of mouth thing, especially with Twitter and Facebook now, everybody just goes Poof, right on and says, Facebook. oh, this movie sucked. And everybody... Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. You know, I mean, average people are going to Rotten Tomatoes now to see their... Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and then that's hurting Tron probably more than any well, of them. Well, you know, but it, and here's the thing. This is back to Bill Bossert's email. So he wanted to inquire how we Thank all you, enjoyed Bill. the new Tron film. It doesn't appear we will be seeing a Wait, sequel. Wait, there was a Neutron film? No. I'm just new. burning doing the Neutron film. I know. That's a crazy. new... I tried to pronounce Jimmy that Neutron? correctly. So oh, I love Jimmy I tried to pronounce that correctly so you wouldn't make the joke you just did. <laughs> Fail. And you know what? Logic will not stop you. You are like a Republican. Okay, uh, so... Wait. Your point? Republicans yeah. use, <laughs> no, use rational... No, it will not stop you. That's <laughs> oh, what I'm saying. Logic will not stop you. Tea Party. I should have. I, I you really, really should, should have. have done, is, Are we dissecting your humor now? Because I have so many notes. I no, can't I, out. You dare not, for I was your teacher. Um, <laughs> Moving on. Uh, no, it, Glenn Beck. I was really shocked because I don't mean to besmirch Republicans because the people that are actually Republican aren't in the Republican Party anymore. Uh, 
No, you're just Republican because it's the most contrary thing you know to everyone you That's know. That's not true. I could have been a libertarian. Should have been. Uh, you have too many friends who are libertarian. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <Yeah. laughs> um, anyway, it doesn't appear that we'll be seeing a sequel anytime soon, another 20 years perhaps, as the $175 million product budget, uh, production budget is what he meant, and $100 million promotion behind it will not be made back. Yeah, but now all the sets Wait, wait, let me say, before you, let me finish this thing and then we'll argue him. I myself enjoyed the movie just as I enjoyed this year's Clash of Titans. Nothing too deep from either film. Wait, he said he enjoyed this year's Clash of Titans. He's out. Just yeah, the basic young it. hero reconnecting with his father, saving the world, and getting the hot chick at the end. My kind of flick. And lawns, too. Could any of you answer me this? They kept referring wait, to did Jules. Did he say and lawns, too? No, that's what oh, I okay. said. They kept referring to Jules Verne's mysterious item through the movie. Right. Um, actually, I went and saw it again. Uh, I took my kids. I know. Uh, I'm sorry, Bill. They actually referred they to the it page. once. They showed the book. They don't even name it. Right. Um, I but think... It, I, 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 I think it was just kind of a... It was a Jules Verne. It's kind of... If you look at Mysterious Island, it's the Captain Nemo thing, and Jeff yeah. Bridges is kind of a Nemo character in seclusion. And, and he says, does it have to do with the folly of, of building a perfect society? Help me out here, Zorlak. And my answer to him was, yeah, my recollection of Mysterious Island, which is based on the Omar Sharif movie, I admit, is oh, wow. not based on... I've never read Mysterious Island. Wow. I have read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but I've not... It's not that far off, really. Yeah, it, it, it is, you know, yes, Nemo had retreated from society. Because the other thing, that they, in the early days of the Tron Legacy's development, they said it was kind of like a Colonel Kurtz thing, that, you know, that Flynn was going to be up, kind of basically up the river having gone crazy. And the original proof of concept trailer certainly made it seem that way. Uh-huh. If you've ever seen that, uh, Flynn has, even has his head shaved, and he's sitting in a. He's wearing pretty much what he was wearing in the movie, but um, you know, there's well, a maybe he had his head shaved because he was filming Iron Man at the it, time. It, it may have, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. but but it, it, it evoked Marlon Brando mm-hmm. as as Kurtz in Apocalypse Now, and and so the mysterious island thing. I I, I watched it a second time. Thinking, well, maybe. I mean, this the thing is, yes, he's got all this technology. He's evoked. Jules Verne's kind of the father of science fiction. They were certainly, they were certainly referring to Tron itself as kind of a groundbreaking film. If you want to really stretch it in the way that English teachers do, and since I do ha- hold that job, I guess I'm willing to go that far. And my students would all say, "Mr. McCaw, you're crazy." Um, so I don't know there. But the other thing I would argue is. When we talk about, I don't think Tron tanked. I don't. I mean, it is it not tank. doing. It is not doing at that great domestically. Nothing is. Nothing is right now. Is and it, everything is is down. And the other thing everybody is, everybody I know has seen it though. And it has apparently yeah. done very well overseas. Overseas is where it's. And the, and uh, here's where I'm going to go, Bill. Is what you're saying about Tron? What every pundit out here is saying about Tron is exactly what they were saying about cars. And and again, we go to the corporate, the the IP concept here. Cars, toys, sold right. so incredibly well that the Cars franchise got revived, and we're going to see a Cars 2. We're going to see a direct-to-video sequel called Planes. And um, believe me, Disney is ha- has no doubt that they're doing the right thing by by going forward with their animated series that's going to be set between Tron and Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Elijah Wood, I think, Because it doing worked the voice so it. well for the Clone Wars. It really has, It has. Though. Two seasons. It That's insane. You may not... Uh, Kids go nuts over the Clone Wars. Fourth season right yeah. now. Yeah. Fourth? Yeah. Yes. Wow. It's been a long time, Rick. Time passes faster I for some watching of us. I think it's third. Season. I think third season. Third season? Bounty, Hunter, Bounty Hunters were second. Well, yeah. They, I, okay. So, um, but... It, 
Clone Wars is insanely successful. It has started an online role-playing game. Sony's making money hand over fist with that with kids. And, it, and it's kept the Star Wars franchise alive for the younger, the younger generation. Absolutely. And so Brilliant. I think the same thing is happening with Tron. The toys are super cool. Oh, yeah. The toys are, are flying off the shelves. Yeah. The movie, and I'll say, and I took... My, you know, my kids are at they're they're at a difficult age. No, they're at a difficult age gap. My son is six. My daughter is eleven. It is very hard to find one entertainment that will please both of them right now because the girls in middle school and all the crazy crap that goes attendant with that. <laughs> and the boy's got you know he's a first grader, and they both really liked Legacy. If you look at the big the big thing is then where you can definitely say it did tank. Is that its average ticket price is somewhere around eleven dollars? Yeah, well, and compared to your average ticket price of about seven. Oh, it's going to be more than eleven, isn't it? Because of the three D. Yeah, uh, yeah. average though, because yeah. we, we're in the mo- one of the most expensive areas. Oh, okay. Yeah, there are a lot of places around the country where it costs a lot oh, less. Okay. Yeah, I wish a seven dollar ticket. I wish at the Pruneyard th- Cinema. The three D showing was fourteen dollars for an additional eight dollars. You, you got that sit seat in the D box thing. So Have you, you done pay, that? I no, but those people were in front of me, the row ahead of me, and that was the most annoying thing when those those. So basically, only D bags sit in the D box. Mm-hmm. That would be it. Yeah, um, I really want to see a movie and then hear like. Yeah, we're, we're kind of Star Tours. We, I'm Debbie fine said with that. we're Days of Thunder at Great America. Yeah, it's it's like that. I I don't want to. I don't see. Any I want to move when I watch. I, a movie. I just want to yeah. watch the movie. Uh, I want to be transported. By the filmmaking skill, yes. which I will admit, I, I would say I don't think that Tron is particular. Legacy was was well; it was well plotted. It was not yeah. well written. No, and I don't but think I, it was particularly well directed. I don't think, I don't think he's a great storyteller. Was no. slow, bad too, because one of the most interesting scenes in the club, they just shot right through it. There was like the, no, the well, introduction. That's, to, that's storytelling. That's not plotting. Yeah, and if you get that's any not more plotting, that's directing. That's the screenwriting. Yeah. Okay. okay, I'm thinking about plotting over a linear time. Yeah, that's the screenplay basic. itself. Okay, fine. I think that the screen that the story was a good idea. Okay. Yeah, I think the screenplay was not particularly well written and does spend a lot of time going back. And I know because Lon and I saw it together, held hands. Uh, Lon wouldn't necessarily recollect a lot of time spent going. Remember this, but not really. You know, remember this from the first one? Yeah. You know, Flynn says, both Flynn say the exact same thing when they break into NCOM. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all these callbacks to the first movie, which, of course, the big thing I'm seeing on the Internet, why can't we find the DVD of Tron? Um, you just have to find, find the right torrent. Yeah, <laughs> really. Well, I have a lot of friends that do things legally. Uh, yeah. Like me. I haven't found the torrent. I'm still Liar. looking for it. But here's the thing, though. I also think, though, that the American... Uh, audience is a little jaded and at least in the sense of like yeah it's similar to a lot of you know fiction we've seen so a lot of people I've heard they're like eh, the story's not so great but the graphics are cool and, and I just think but if you look back to your kids who aren't right you know seeing they're that not or whatever, jaded. it's really a cool it was very it's just cool. a really cool st- story from start to finish so, of using an imaginatory I, I, kind of thing I think that the Disney plans to move forward are just going to be fine I don't think they're endangered by this and the other thing I'd say is you have to look at as the studios do the secondary market is that thing's going to kill mm-hmm. what were the two of the biggest supposed fanboy disappointments this year kick ass and Scott Pilgrim versus the World, right. sadly, sadly, yeah, made money hand over fist on Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah, exactly. 
And that's where I think a lot of people, and I don't yeah. blame them because I go to the movies and I can't remember the last time that I, like when I go to a screening, I try, I go, look, I'm getting this for free, whatever. But when I pay for a movie, I can't remember the last time that I've gone and like had, oh, this was 100% enjoyable. There's always some guy that sits, you know, I, I sit way apart from everybody else and then somebody else comes in and goes right in front. Well, see, for me, it, it, Scott Pilgrim proved my point is that there is no replacing a cinema experience is that I saw it on primetime Friday night opening day, and the crowd completely sold that movie to me. Because yeah. I saw it two days later in basically an empty theater, and it was like, eh, I, I Very few people with me when I saw it. I, I, yeah, I saw it at a critic's one, and we all just, I mean, I didn't need a crowd to sell it because I was no, head over heels I, right I away. Saw, I saw it opening weekend in, or actually the week after, in Manteca, mm-hmm. and... I think there were maybe five other people in the theater. Yeah. yeah. And everybody was digging the heck out of it, but it wasn't a crowd. It was like, you know, no, that movie was fun. Mm-hmm. But I think the people just, you know, and, and, the, and the point they were saying, like, you know, one of the lessons of 2010, finally we're going to get is that Comic-Con isn't the world, and the studios have put so much hype into it because definitely Scott Pilgrim ruled Comic-Con this year, and everybody was talking but about it. But rightly so that it should have. I mean, yes, if, you were, yeah. if you were the executive and you saw the first cut of that and you went, oh, my God, we got lightning in a bottle here or something. We got something good here. Yeah. And, yeah, they rightly... You did. You did have something good. Yeah, they rightly put it in the right spot. And what happened is just, you know, there was a lot of mainstream kind of... Well, the other thing people don't realize, I mean, look at this, you know, in this last week alone, it's like seven new movies opened. Uh, yeah. And it's just too much. Who's going to see all that much? And there's so much fighting. Now, when you go about Tron box office and and uh, well, it didn't it come fucker. out the same day as uh, the Expendables. Scott Pilgrim did, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, everybody went to the third Expendables one too that came out that yeah. weekend. But then, but then, oh, Eat, Pray, Love, I think. But some of the con- right. but some of the con- country's been in a blizzard, yeah, and unable to actually go to movie theaters. Um, you know, so there's a lot of factors to go in there. So I'm sorry, Bill. I'm just going to have to. Uh, we'll agree to disagree. I'm going to call shenanigans on you, Bill. Good, I'm going to half-heartedly agree with you. And what about the good old days? Love of, the East you Coast, though, Bill. Counter, we do. But the good old to. days of like, remember when movies would be in the theaters for I don't know a couple months? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like now if they don't make it or break it in the first two weeks, it's a flop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of a different time. It's interesting, yeah. And the yeah. big problem with that is clearances. It's that the the number of theaters that so many movies are are contracting out is their minimum. I, you know what I'd say the the big flop for this year has been has been uh, 3D in general. I, I don't. I would agree with that. I wouldn't. There aren't too many movies that I would go back to see in 3D a second time, with the exception of uh, Inception. Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I, I didn't see Avatar in 3D. I want to see Avatar in 3D. I saw Legacy the second time in 2D because it's kind of wasted on my kids. I mean, I took my, my son to Yogi Bear in 3D. Yeah. You know, that was free. Um, and he kept taking the glasses off because he did Well, it's he, weird because they, they He wasn't say, processing that it was working. At the beginning you know? of the movie, mm-hmm. they, they say, a lot of the scenes in this movie are in 2D. 2D yeah. And that's the way we intended it to be. I'm like, okay, you're trying to but do But you like, charged me full price yeah. to and, watch it in 3D. And, I, and I've got to wear it through these dirty, so can blurry I just pay, glasses. can I pay just $1.50? Yeah. But you know exactly. what, though? The 3D in it is pretty cool. It, it's fine. So, yeah, I but, like, I, but I didn't miss it. But I could live it. without it. I didn't miss it. But I Although, think if you're going to do... But the movie like Tron is... That's what the 3D is actually made for. No, I agree with you. You know what I mean? Clash of the Titans? No. But like some kind of cool digital world that... 
you know, yeah. can can add to that, then yeah, give me the little three D fun of it. I will I will counter that with step it up three. Um, I'm, no. I'm really afraid of where you're going with okay, this now. Okay, no. Are we talking I, about provocative? Yeah. I yeah. watched Step It Up 3 uh, over the Christmas break. Because and the refrigerator door was not lighting up? Um, He's Mel Torme. I, <laughs> I actually did enjoy the first one. But anyhow, um, Step It Up 3D. How was Future Kill 3D? Anyway, go ahead. Uh, Step It Up 3D is a visual experience, and it is actually very cool is to that see the one where this. they water dance? There's, yes, the water dancing. Yeah, I looked at and, that, and I go, that's only because it's in 3D. And it's kind of cool. Yeah. And But if you actually watch it outside of 3D like I did this weekend, it actually has a story. So you've seen it twice. I have seen it twice, once in 3D and once not in 3D. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> and it works. No. Uh, Rick will be editing your voice out of every aspect of the... You have now shamed your people. My christeners stand behind me. No, no, they don't. <laughs> they actually There's just, nobody behind you, Chris. <laughs> they just <laughs> tore up their membership cards right now, so... Jiminy Christmas. Should Can we you imagine do? some, like, sad christener <laughs> at home just going, He saw Step It Up 3D twice? There's a guy staring in the mirror now, crying. Slowly snipping his beard between tears. <laughs> there are there are thirty thirteen year old christeners out there who are all saying, "You're oh, right, Chris. I'm you're not right. gonna grow a beard now." <laughs> Wait a minute. Cancel you're- my trip to Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Your christeners are all Twilight fans. That's yes. right. oh. Merry Christmas, Derek. His <laughs> beard glitters in the sunlight. Should we have a Spider-Man turn off the dark update? Yeah, how's the guy doing? Nobody died this week. Nobody died this <laughs> but week. But the chick quit. But the woman who was playing Arachne, the villainess, oh, really? the major villain, quit. Because she you know what she decided? Broadway stardom was not worth a second concussion. Yeah. <laughs> so what she is had it? as many cushions as like Brett Favre. <laughs> she, was, she was on there, yeah. And oddly enough, her text's not as interesting. <laughs> no. Uh, but actually, I have a friend who saw it last night and said, standing ovation. Why? <laughs> <laughs> that was his tweet. No, it was just people walking out and clapping at the same time. No, uh, he said no. He said it was an amazing spectacle, and if you don't mind that there's that the songs are bad and the and the the book is bad. Okay, <laughs> so the book. Well, the pl- the script. The, the script. Just, okay. It just doesn't make any sense. So I'm sorry. Uh, and and I know, and he's not a comics fan, but I don't think that's going to make a difference. But you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I gotta. Go. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, in the ongoing saga, and I think Bill made some reference to it, but I might not have cut and, po- cut and paste that uh, about uh, that uh, it, it's – wait, there is another one. Uh, no. We have lots of disgust this year because of superhero properties coming to the big screen and one leaving Broadway. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, okay, Bill, yeah. whatever. How many, how many official uh, plays have it, has it had? Official performances? performances? No, no, it's not. It's, it's not yet. still in it's previews. Still it is still in previews, and the official opening was pushed back another month. So, Teaneck Tansy, the wrestling Broadway show from 1981 starring Deborah Harry and Andy Kaufman, still has more performances because it had one. Yeah, and they changed the title because remember, Tansy uh, played in LA and it, had, it was not called Teaneck anymore. Yeah, I think. It just called Tansy. Elizabeth uh, E.G. Daly was in it. Really? In, in LA, yes. Oh. So, Broadway Thorlax. Mm. <laughs> Snape, that happened. Uh, so, uh, let's go to television. He I love does. TV. Yes. Did you watch the Doctor Who Christmas Carol? I did watch the Doctor oh. Who Christmas Carol. Here's where Long gets to take his bathroom break. If he yeah, I'm going to go. I'll break. Good uh, yeah, work, okay. everyone. Yeah. We're halfway through the dark. <laughs> Turn off the dark. 
let me let I'm me start by saying this. Yeah. <laughs> Two things. One, I now believe I'm going to have to find and stalk whoever the uh, the woman who got in deep freeze was. Uh, she's oh, an opera she's, star. She's yeah. an opera star. Yes, I, I, she's all over YouTube. I uh, I Wikipedia'd her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's so, dreamy. Uh, she's already engaged. Yeah, that won't last. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Anyway, yes, I agree. She was a very attractive find. It was yes. nice that they integrated her singing in the episode. Yeah, but and it didn't feel voice. forced. No, no, it didn't. Which was pretty impressive. Yeah. But I also have to say, Michael Gambon, he was good. He was He's, I love Michael Gambon, and this is why. I, I found that episode to be very moving. And a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, you were commenting back to me on, like, because on, on Facebook I said, yes, halfway through the dark. And people were like, oh, he just loves his sentimentality. Just, well, first of all, it's Christmas. Yes, we like our sentimentality. Was the opening fabulous? It's like, yes. Why? Who is it? He goes, when, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Amy Pond. Amy Pond. He goes, the, the message comes up on the screen. It's like, Buck up, pond. Come, come along, pond. come along, pond. And she, and he goes, she goes, what's that mean? She goes, it's Christmas. <laughs> I know it was just it's awesome, like, awesome. It was the best of the Christmas specials. Oh, yeah, I definitely. really felt because it was the first one that was a, that was what Christmas is about, right? Or made a statement about that. It yeah. wasn't an I alien would, invasion. And, at and, Christmas. And, and I would say the Christmas invasion was my still my favorite. Mm. I enjoyed because, the story of Christmas invasion, yeah. but this was the one that really touched it. It touched me, um, and it, because the thing that and I know tall where the episode touched you. That Stephen uh, Stephen Moffat, um, he might be an atheist. Russell T Davis was an atheist, but I'll make my my rare uh, statement of of vague Christianity in that I do sort of believe in why we celebrate, and this was the first time that I felt like a Doctor Who Christmas special either didn't ignore it. Uh, outright, or didn't try to debunk it in some way politely if you paid attention. Mm. It felt like th it was still giving Christian beliefs validity and an important reason for Christmas. Uh, you know, or uh, not that that was the most important reason for Christmas to exist, but that but that it gave kind of that spirit of mankind a reason why we celebrate no matter what, and the idea that it would hold on in the future <laughs> on another planet. We'd carry that. I. I just love the fact that they were able to do the Dickens Christmas Carol without entirely lifting yeah. all the plot and characters. I know, and, stuff. and uh, just, and it was a great time travel story too. Yes, yes. I, I, I go. I mean, seven five two eight. And like, when Michael Gambon went to hit the boy at the beginning, and he, and it was like, he didn't. no, I'm gonna because you, you know, why? Why am I gonna? I'm not gonna give up on you because you're you halfway didn't through hit the boy because you didn't hit the boy. I'm like, oh, you're halfway through the dark. It was just like it was so. Well written. Yeah. yeah. Uh oh, somebody's buying a copy of Bella Lugosi's Tales from the Grave. Ding, 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 ding. You Signings know, right here at the table. You know what? Anyway. Also, <laughs> I was I half expected to hate it going in, and because I'm not, I'm still not sold on Matt Smith. I, I, you know, I was not sold on Matt Smith until the end of of his season. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I haven't seen most of the. The last episode I saw was Vincent. Then you need to watch all the way through. You know. Uh, you, you know what I loved about him this episode? He was. And since so wonky, yeah, and, oh, yeah. Like, running and through. since since Lon isn't here, I can say, look, Chris, I expect better of you, Lon. I understand. He watched two minutes, heard a British accent, and went. <laughs> but you, you have to give it. 
I full. Can't. Because the end, when it all comes full circle, to me, of Matt Smith's performance comes full circle yeah. mm-hmm. and reveals underneath, he is the first actor that I have believed is over 900 years old. And he's oh. doing... That the, that the, that's the first time I believe the Doctor really was as old as he said His he delivery was. is really good. He's doing really rapid-fire uh, jokes that and are... Don't and get me and wrong. And not dwelling on them. Yes. It's the whole thing about uh, ties are cool. Yeah, bow ties are cool. Moving on. and Fezzes are cool. Fezzes are cool. Cool. No, and and uh, you know, no, and I love David Tennant. I mean, that's I yeah. thought I was heartbroken that he was leaving the show, and then when Matt Smith came in, I was cynical, but I was going to watch it because I th- I like Stephen Moffat's script writing. Mm-hmm. And then that end came and I went, "That's it," he, you know. Matt Smith got me, so I need I need to you catch need, up on the Pandorica. You, yeah. you need to go to oh, the Pandorica. Yeah, that one, oh, yes. yeah, definitely, yes. Okay, another um, great time travel story. So, I liked it. It was good. So now I'm going to go back to uh, Bill Bossert again uh, with an email question, which is: uh, I noticed NBC is really pushing the cape and trying to make it look a bit like <laughs> Batman Begins. Which again, I, I haven't really noticed that, but I hope it works out. Have you gentlemen any impressions of this effort so far? Would be nice to see an actual live action Batman television series, which I have heard rumors they may be looking into developing after Christopher Nolan is finished. Um, because we know that after Dark Knight Rises, he is finished. He's said there's no question. Uh, I know they want to keep the Dark Knight a movie franchise. No, I'm just saying, I don't know. Uh, but I could imagine a TV show could pull in a big audience if done right. Um, so, what do you think about the? Have you seen anything on the cake? I've seen the. I've watched the commercials over and over again. Gone yeah. through. And yeah, if you watch any show on NBC, the commercials yeah. over and over again are unavoidable. The problem is, it had by far the least impressive pilot that I saw this year. You've, You've seen, seen the, the pilot? pilot? I didn't see the whole thing. So and tell me what you saw. Okay, I saw a. What more or less felt show like? Show me a, on the doll. Okay. A twenty-minute uh, scene of a guy being stalked from above. At least that's what it felt like. And so he's, like, doing the classic Batman, you know, along the rooftop. So it's an action scene. So it's an action scene. And he's already the, uh, the cape. And it's like, this is, I'm, I'm assuming this is towards the opening of the episode. Um, I was bored by a scene that should have been enticing me to find out go. how it ended. Hmm. Um, much like the, op- it's the exact opposite of Not an, uh, No Ordinary Family, in which the first scene I saw was just them doing family stuff and I was like oh this is really interesting mm, interesting and, but yeah it's I, I think the problem is the lead because I or maybe it's a costume design that doesn't allow him to give Emote. any sort of well I will say this the, the stuff I saw because I think I saw the extended trailer like a few months ago it's like a really like almost 10 minutes that just really showed a lot of clips from uh-huh. her or whatever yeah and they just showed him with a cape and a hood and no mask and to me, that was just like, that's ah, kind of lame. I don't want to watch this. And some of the newer trailers I've seen, he has now a mask yeah. under the hood. And to me, for some reason, that just made it a little more interesting. I, but then, I wonder if they've under- gone back and retooled yeah, stuff. I yeah, understand they did then rewrite. they just added they Summer Cloud, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a new thing, too. So they must be going through. And every commercial I've seen has been more focusing on like his origin and his training. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that's and kind of the That's kind of interesting to me with Keith David as a Yeah, I will watch Carnival just for Keith yeah. David. Uh, yeah. The whole mentoring thing and the, you're ready now. Oh, you're, I didn't think you were ready, but and now you're like ready. And there's 27 illusions of the yeah. cape. And who's the and who's the producer on that? Is it? It's not Botchko. It's no. it's another one of the big names. I don't know. It's Stephen J. Cannell. No, he's no, he's dead. dead. It's his cape. That could oh, be. Oh, okay. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it, more I see of it, the more interested I am. But I'm still not sold. Yeah, I you know. I'd read an early review that said it was like it was, and or maybe I heard Lon actually said it looked to him like a '70s TV show or an '80s TV show. Maybe it was Salazar, one of one of the two of you. I thought, I think I could be misremembering. I could where see I it as an it. '80s, as an '80s. But and then I saw these commercials like on Thanksgiving and, yeah. and Christmas, you know, because I'm watching NBC shows with my kids and going, oh. I it just looks think better. I just it's, think for NBC, it's too soon after Heroes. Uh, but it, this looks more fun. Yeah, this is not because Heroes lost all Heroes sense was of no fun costumes for me or lost was interest no, to me. No origin, not straightforward. I just feel like, like it's weird for mystery. NBC to cart out another superhero I, I show. I think NBC is trying to redeem itself, and yeah. for well, one thing, it's trying to stay alive. Um, yes. and it's trying. I really think it is trying to redeem itself with the fanboy community. Strictly because they need something, anything right now. And I can't point to the specifics on it. The two things that it reminds me of are the Spawn movie, because of okay, the I can see that, and uh, Darkman. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because of and Marvel's kind of the, the hood, frenetic. Uh, but the know. hood's a bad guy. In, uh, I know, Marvel. but he has a big cloak with a hood. I mean, they got to answer to their Cable Town owners now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so but the yeah. other, the other one that it kind of sparked for me, which is not a good thing, it was the Scorpion. The the was the it Black, Black Scorpion? Scorpion, the Roger Corman oh, superhero, the right, right, uh, the Famke Jamson, wasn't yeah, yeah. yeah, which which no, I thought looked really good fun. until you actually tried to watch it, it and was, then it was uh, bad. Joan Severance, I yeah. thought it was Severance. Uh, I I think there are two versions. There, there are. Oh. There, you're right. You're both right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think that they did two ver- two pilots of it. One was Joan uh, Severance, SNL, and the yeah. other was what Famke. Fonka lowered herself to do Black Scorpion, or was I it before so. X? I think it was before. I know so, oh, Joan yeah. Severance did do it at the beginning, and they moved to some other actress. I think it was Fonka Jansen. Yeah. I, I bet it w- mm-hmm. if only someone had an internet. But um, let's remember something: NBC will not be a network in five years. So that's my prediction here. Well, uh, as Kenneth said, <laughs> Kenneth said uh, it won't be a network. Not as not as you know it, but I will rule you all. <laughs> so, wow. Um, and Young Justice starts up again next week, so I want to just throw that out as a so would it be this week by the time it posts probably, um, or last week on Fridays. I think it's yeah, it's taking the Brave and the Bold mm. slot, so they're like kind of rotating their superhero slot mm. or their DC superhero slot, and or again, their Dan slot. And we talked about the uh, about the Young Justice pilot before, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking forward to this series. Kind of disappointed that uh, actually that they had done the preview a couple months ago and nothing was further. I showed that one to my son. He was like, "This is." You know, awesome. So, which is my son's default adjective for everything. In fact, Rick, by the way, is officially been given the awesome stamp of approval uh, for his Christmas present. So, uh, what did he give him again? He gave him the uh, Brave and the Bold Plastic Man set, which is an admittedly Ooh, awesome playset. Awesome. It's a very cool set. Although the oddest detail about that, to our delight on Christmas Eve, uh, is that uh, the the Plastic Man suit comes off. Really? Plastic Man is naked under. <laughs> Wait, wait, that's not right. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, and so my daughter's going, Did it's he- a Polly Pocket. You're playing with a doll. You're playing with a doll. May I say Christmas was a joy. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Really, well does your son drink. think I'm awesome for all the cool toys I gave you to give to him? Uh, yeah, but it wasn't wrapped up. Oh. And I've said, well, my you friend probably Lon, you probably didn't say they were from me. You were like, look what Daddy no, brought that you. Is not true. Mm-hmm. I said, Daddy's friend Lon. Oh, okay. 
uh, is that you'll never and be able you'll to never meet. meet. And I put it in quotes. Friend Lawn. Mm, great. Uh, <laughs> no, and I say he was. He had these, and he asked me if he if I thought you would like them. And and he's gone. These are cool. These are cool. But but not awesome. But you know what? Awesome has shown up in the last six months. In oh, his okay. Vocabulary. All right. Yeah. You were cool before. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take awesome. that. I'll take that. So he is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Look, Thank because you. without Rick, we wouldn't be here. We'd be huddled around a little. Rick's vocal. my father. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Together you will rule the galaxy. <laughs> oh my God! I have to go. Never! I have to call my mother. Hey, hey, hey! Join keep me. keep an eye on your hand. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh yes. Um, and let's just go to a little video game news. That, I uh, love video games. That uh, Marvel's been registering some website domains. The rumor is that uh, Secret Wars is coming to video game, possibly as the Ultimate Alliance Three. But I wondered if Ultimate Alliance Two had really done that well because well, that's it the one that Secret War. I thought it was Secret Wars. It was the uh, wasn't Secret the Bendis. This was called Secret War, wasn't it? it wasn't called yeah, Secret yeah, Wars. Yeah, but people are saying. But the rumor is that Secret Wars is the storyline that's going to get adapted for the third to one. a video game. Yeah, see, that'd be fun. Yeah, because Secret Wars mm-hmm. was cool. Yeah. Secret, Secret War, War was not all was that cool. Not. <laughs> so yes, Secret Wars may be coming as a video game. I would like that game. Um, I would like to not call it Ultimate Alliance. I would just like to call it Secret Wars and have fun. Mm-hmm. You do it in small letters: Ultimate Alliance, Secret mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, may I put in a plug for a, the greatest game ever made? You'll be wrong, but go ahead. No, Plants vs. Zombies is fantastic, but there is a game out there that there's a, a game-making collective, and I can't remember what they're called, but it's called Organ Trail. O-R-G-A-N. And you have to go, basically there's a zombie apocalypse, and you have to go from Washington, D.C. I did read an article about this. Yes, oh you have my to go God. from D.C. to Seattle, uh, doing the whole, you know, hunting, uh, avoiding, and the great thing is when you hunt, you're actually uh, more scavenging, and you have to get shopping carts. Does it say you died being... from zombies and diphtheria? <laughs> uh, actually, you can die from both the diphtheria. You can get bit by zombies. Um, you cannot cure zombie bites, sadly. Um, it is an absolutely fantastic game. It takes about 40 minutes to play, but it's all web-based. But Organ Trail. Organ Trail. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. Um, and, it's, and it's 8-bit to the core. All right. Um, and I was just say, uh, Rick, if you had a chance to play, since Sony did actually now move back up their release date, January 11th, yes. 2011, we're getting, everybody's getting DC Universe Online. I got, I played recently and it looked like I got force, a forced respec. Yes. Okay. They've, they did a forced respec. Yes, I went done, back in. I wasn't, I they've had done enough three, time to. They've done three redesigns since we last talked about it on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, because I hadn't played for a while, and I went in. I had yeah. enough time to go in and do like a mission. And I ended up spending all my time doing my respec and trying to figure out what am I what yeah. I'm trying to do. Yeah, um, and I just last night created my vi- a villain character to see from that perspective. Oh, cool! I'm going to say I had more fun playing a villain. Yeah, <laughs> villains are fun. A superhero. Did you do the uh, the infect the students with the? Not yet. Uh, okay. I, I got to level. I'm, I'm fighting in Gotham City. I'm taking. I'm helping Boss Falcone. Uh, do stuff. Okay, you're probably on a different uh, tree of. Uh, I ended up being a Joker follower, which I didn't. Wa- I uh, wanted to see, be. I'm a, a Luther follower. I wanted to be a Deathstroke follower, and uh, I ended up somehow being a Joker follower. So, eh, it's all right. I think can you're I cross with all of them. But anyway, go ahead. Can I share a video game uh, memory yes. uh, or, or the thing that happened to me? Uh, so last night I was on. I've you know playing with my Xbox Live, whatever. Got to the game arcade. And you can go on and get, uh, like, old Atari 2600 games. Yeah. yeah. And so I was demoing a bunch just trying to see what I remembered. And I got to one that 
if I had tried to conscious, if somebody had brought it up and said, "Yeah, do you remember this?" I would have been like, "No, what are you talking about?" But like seeing it and then I actually got to demo it and play it. It was a game called. Does anybody remember Yar's Revenge? Yeah. I do. Yeah. So it was Yar's Revenge, and I was like, "Oh my god, I had this when I was a kid, and I played it to death." And it's so a, it was it's so a laggy, a ripoff mm-hmm. kind of game. Well, no, it's a it's like a side kind of thing. It wasn't. And yeah, just, it wasn't just because like there's somebody no, no, at home. Uh, there's someone shouting at home. You confuse two names. It's Galaxia and Galaga. Galaga. Yeah. Galaga. 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 Yeah. Uh, but not Galagia. Uh, yeah, right. Fine. So, oh, uh, Galagia? I think it was, it's kind of a defender. Yeah, it, I know. No, it's, 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 it's a, the thing that goes up and down. It's a thing it, that goes up and down, and you're yeah. like a little, like, like an breakout. insect. I yeah, it's like kind breakout. of a breakout thing. It's like a breakout oh, really? with an attack. I so played sh- that game. Oh, but there's yeah. like a weird energy field in yes. the middle. You can't shoot from that, so you have to shoot through it or go the other. But then you have to eat the bricks, and as you eat, the bricks because you're like a little bug or something it creates like a weapon behind you and then instead of shooting little you know little gun bullets you can shoot the weapon and you have to shoot the weapon through and hit the high as my friend Mark Ropers because he was the only guy I knew like in high school who had read Dune so we'd play that on my 2600 and he would go and he He'd make it a Dune thing because he'd be just into Dune and go, now bring out the family atomics. And I had no <laughs> idea what he was talking about. Um, so, uh, but every time I played it. That is a great line. And I would say, what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> just play the game. There's no family atomics here. And he, but the best play. part about it is, so it's just the little like target you have to hit or the little whatever, because they never give you a story back then. They just, yeah. you know, go do this. Is uh, it, eventually it turns into a spiraling like fireball that shoots out. Yes, mm-hmm. and you have to avoid it. But the cool thing wow. was when we were kids, if you timed it right, you could shoot your your weapon, and if you hit the fireball, it was the same thing as hitting the target, and it would you know, whatever. So that yes. kind of became the goal. That afterwards. was like the boss of the level. It yeah, was a, yeah, it was a it was a good it was a fun game. Um, but yeah, I, then, I played it like, all and they night actually last night. integrated so some of it into the DC comic book Atari Force. Oh my god! Oh, wow. the so they would actually use and if you knew what, if you were a big Atari fan, were reading that book, mm-hmm. you could recognize all their like space adventure yeah. games, like mm-hmm. Yards of Revenge yeah. was, would show up somehow in the book really subtly, and that was one. Yes, the yeah. the Space Invaders one was actually one of my favorites. Yeah, one of and, and it's. So I'm I would love to know the backstory of what who's Yar and who's getting yeah. revenge. And, I don't and, and now you would know that if they had created it now, because you have to have all this mm-hmm. plot. They didn't, the first Atari game that had a backstory, actually, was Millipede. So Millipede had centipede. So Millipede, the story was that uh, the heir to an, an empire denounced it and decided to go out and rid the kingdom of the giant bugs that were attacking it. That's a backstory. Right. Yeah, that's what passive backstory. I'm going to throw out there just because you. There's a there's a game I'm I'm looking for to know what the name of it is. So I'll put it out to the fandroids. Mister Do. No, I love Mister <laughs> Do. I also loved Amadar. One of my favorites was I loved Amadar. Dig Dug. Uh, no, let me describe the game. Oh, that'd be Because no you're so far away from what it is. Okay. And I I, I worked at a Darkwing Duck. I worked a at a bartender in a pizza place, and they had this game for three months. And it was <clears throat> Zookeeper. It was a clown at a table. Mr. Do. No. It was a, cl- it was a big, it was far better graphics than Mr. Do. And okay. it had a trackball, was the controller. And it was, oh, and it was on, a clown that would bounce its nose off, and all this food 
would be floating, and you'd have to trackball to eat all the food. Peanuts, basically circus peanuts that were floating in the air. And occasionally there was a hot pepper in there, which would time it down. So you had a timer to clear the screen of all the... Food fight. Of all, no, it's not food fight. It's not food fight? No, because it's, it is no fight. It's just it's this clown eating. bouncing, and you had to make sure that the so it was you had to make sure that it was like pong clown you, munch. You had to make sure that the nose didn't it made it back to his face. You'd bounce it back like a like uh, a ping pong battle uh, a paddle. But if you missed, it would go back and break the window behind him. And he had you had three windows behind him, and if they all broke, that was it, game over. And I cannot, for the life you know, of me... Nolan Bushnell was putting a lot of stuff out, just like one-off He was taking stuff. on yeah. LSD. Oh, I wonder if it was a Sente game. Hmm. Uh, the company that Nolan founded after... I'm not expecting anyone to... I'm not expecting anyone at this table to know now. I'm just going to put that out okay. there as a weird thing for 2011. Right. George Crabb, if you're listening, Tell me know what, what game this is. So... On that note, that's all I got. If you've got answers, oh, hey, if got you've got questions, Happy New Year, compliments, commentary, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Those you, are for me. If you have, uh, yeah, if you have grooming tips for Chris's beard. Yes, my christeners, you can write in. Oh, Especially if, if you're giving up fire. being a christener. Yeah. Uh, yes. Write in. We'll have a special prize. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we'll convert from Christianism. Oh, Come, Christianers. <laughs> arise and let them know. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And this is Yar, waiting to get my revenge. I'm Chris Garcia. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers only for revenge. Well, that was good. Now I can go back to work. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.